Hello viewers and welcome to a brand new episode of Injury Time podcast your one stop shop for everything on Indian football guys like we mentioned earlier this is a special episode where we'll be looking at the brand new season of the Indian Super League and like you would be aware by now the guys are joining us guys who need no introduction so let me wish no time of ours and get them on board first up is a man who come, joins us from Bangalore guy who loves his gobi manchurian as much as he loves the beautiful game sandeep hey sandeep hey what's up i don't have a gobi manchurian anymore man you don't you given up on that are you kidding me healthier food all right that that is good to know that is good to know and also joining us on this show is the special guest the expert guy who has frequented the touchline over the years and of late has been a part of the star sports's expert panel for the indian super league pradyum reddy hi guys hello brad Look, hello guys, I'm looking forward to it. I think there's now a hat-trick with Sandeep of uh, doing this pre-season ones. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're just uh, climbing on and on and on. Uh, we, uh, we guess you're joining us from Goa, where you are in quarantine just before the kick-off of the season. Yep, very much so. So, um, this is a welcome relief from the uh, the chores of, of quarantine. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, like I was telling our viewers it is all about the Indian Super League which gets uh, which kicks off in 7 days time from now next friday is when the first match will be played in goa prad coming to you first uh, season 8 quite a lot riding on it because uh, teams are teams have been busy preparing for it in goa for some time uh, how do you look at the season as a whole first up i think you know, compared to last year last year there's a lot of unknown with how the whole pandemic season was going to unfold with everybody being in bio bubbles and obviously pandemic was in the full throng you could say last season so i think teams are a little bit better prepared or the ones that are a little bit better prepared will probably do well. so that's in terms of i think everyone's going to start the season on a relatively even keel unlike last year where you had some players were still in quarantine some staff were just coming out of quarantine um, before the league started I think we shouldn't have any issues with that this year. So I think we'll have a better prepared season so you won't have that much of an imbalance that we saw last year. Um so hopefully right from the the get-go it should be competitive games um and I think it's a lot more even um this year in terms of the 11 teams. Right. Sandeep how do you see see at uh, this season of the Indian Super League? Uh yes there is a Champions League uh, place at stake for the league winner but beyond that there is a lot of competition also right a place in the top 4 and eventually a chance to win that ISL trophy at the end. Yeah I mean stakes are the same as uh, every year I suppose but uh, I agree with Prad I also want to know if the players I I I'd like to ask Prad actually this if uh, the players would be more used to playing you know without fans now because last year maybe there was initially sort of an adjustment period uh, i spoke to clayton silva the podcast i will drop soon and he was saying that they don't get the same uh, vibration the word he used that feeling when they are playing so uh, what do you think it will be better this year in that sense because as people watching it doesn't make much difference to us because of the pipe thin noises and things well look it depends i mean clayton obviously came from thailand where he was used to um, big crowds i don't think he played under crowds at uh, in any of the matches for BFC um mm. i think it varies for players suppose the ones who've been around indian football for a while been you know some of the bigger clubs like you know the kolkata clubs or played at kerala blasters uh, they would have that or fc goa they'd have that feeling of missing out on that but 
you know, if players whose only experience is probably Pune football, then you know, it's just it's just normal for them. <laughs> Same atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Ju- just uh, just to give you a heads up on how we would like to approach this uh, preview, we'll go team by team. We'll look at each and every team. We'll look at their strength, their weaknesses, and like like I told you uh, told you earlier, two two questions that we'll stick with every single team. That is an Indian player to uh, Indian player who could be key for that very team, and a youngster that we should be. Lo- keeping an eye out for. So let's begin. First up, the defending champions, the team that did a double last time round, Mumbai City FC, backed by the City Group, a new head coach in this time round, Prad, no Sergio Lovera. They have gone the other route. A few changes. Igor Angulo has uh, moved ships. He is in Mumbai this time round. How do you look at this team? So I think the teams, you've always got to look at the teams who have the least amount of churn, um, should be relatively successful. I think they've um, obviously the, the coach has changed, but that's expected. I mean, he was in Indian football for four years, and he, he finally won the league, so he was bound to move on. Um, I think knowing the city group, they've obviously done their homework and got in a coach who's more than more than able and looks like a you know CV looks very very good, and it's probably the ideal fit for them in terms of somebody who matches the coach's ambition and the club's ambition. Um, you know, they've kept Murtada Fall, they've kept um, Jahul. Um, so they've kept a core unit of, um, of the foreign players that they had last season. Obviously, losing the likes of Nogbeche, losing Lafondre. And I think actually Hernan Santana was also key because he was so versatile. Those are, could, you know, could be players that they could miss this season. So it all depends on how good um, Cassio Gabriel and um, the the other foreign signings are. And don't forget, there's one less foreign signing this season. Um, and the fact that only four can play on the field. So that, I think, is a great leveler for all the teams. So if you look at the players that have come in, you know, players have gone up, it's most balanced, I think. And that's that's the biggest thing. It's like how many teams can find the balance between four foreigners on the field and, uh, and playing Indians? Because for last year, they... Pretty much most of the season, it was Santana, uh, Fal at the back with uh, Jahu in front of them. And you could afford another one in Moen. So, Boom was a huge loss in terms of the goals and assists that he provided. So, I think that's that's the key for Mumbai and also for a lot of the other teams. Is like, where's the balance um, between the seven and four? So, the... Uh... Pradeem spoke about how having a less having a foreigner less could be, will be a great leveler this time round, and in that respect, Mumbai has done pretty well to get in someone like an Apuya who could be your extra Indian player in there, a guy who had a really good season last time round. How do you see him perform, and how do you see him shape up in this Mumbai City FC, and how difficult will it be for him to first first up get get a place in that starting level? And Prad had put this out last year. Apuya was all uh, Prad's pick for the player of the season or the young player of the season, and. Turned out to be an inspired uh, selection. I think it should be educated selection is probably the right word uh, for the rest of us. But yeah, don't you think uh, it's with him, they have a player who can sort of do a lot of, you know, the one less mid- foreign midfielder. That will sort of be elevated because this guy is quite good, right? Yeah, I think... Uh... I think I should get commission actually off of that uh, that big transfer fee for, for giving us a heads up earlier. Um, but, um, no, I think look, I'm, I'm you guys know this. I mean, I said it two seasons ago towards the end of the season when he was playing for Northeast. I'm a big fan of Apoya. I think he's he's a great um, great kid first of all, and um, also a great talent. Um, the thing in terms of the signing for Mumbai is 
they've actually got pretty decent Indian midfielders already. I mean, Roland Borges is, you know, somebody you, you probably put one of the first names on the team in terms of Indian players playing in midfield. Uh, I think Rainier offers them a lot. And it was someone that you just, you know, he's not one that in terms of foreign players is probably the first name on the sheet. So if you think about it, do you play Roland as well as uh, uh, Apuya in that midfield? Or do you need somebody who can play a little bit further forward? And, you know, whether it's one of the, you know, they, they just need that little bit of creativity. So, you know, where do you fit a Brad Inman in? Where do you fit a Cassio Gabriel in? So I think it's going to be tricky. It's not an automatic, you know, s- starter in terms of getting the right balance in that team if they play the same formation, etc. Because they've just got quite, quite a few players who can play there. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, I think. Championship teams need to have that many good players in, in positions, and especially because they're going to be in the uh, AFC Champions League at the end of the season. So I think there's a, there's a long-term view as well with, with, with him as in the midfield. So generally what we do tend to see, especially in ISL, and probably even in I-League as well, is the second season in syndrome, right? You win, and the next season you're not able to challenge. Uh, maybe it's the motivation of the players has gone down or they feel like, oh, I've achieved. So you have to sort of keep them, you know, at that same level, mentally, emotionally, everything. Uh, is that going to be harder now? Because there's a new manager coming in and he has his motivation personally. So is that going to be different because the manager has changed how the players will take it? Um, I think it might actually help having a new manager. You just get a fresh set of ideas um, that that will help um, bring bring a new identity to the team and I was like I think for everyone this four foreigners is how you adapt to that is going to be crucial um, in terms of the teams that can find the balance immediately quickly that's the ones who are going to be successful because look in the league I think back when it was four foreigners um, it used to always be most teams would try and go top heavy that have um you know, two foreign strikers, a foreign midfielder, and one foreign centre-back. And then, I think Bengaluru FC, in 2013, when we won it, we were the first ones to probably go with two foreign centre-backs and just one in midfield, one up front. So, it's a question of, do you want to outscore the opponent and accept that you're going to concede at the back because it's going to be foreign strikers against Indian centre-back? And there's a shortage, obviously, of Indian centre-backs in, across the league. Yeah. Or do you try and play it safe and make sure that you're compact at the back and then you say, all right, you rely on you know, your Angulos or your big-name striker that you have in your starting eleven to win you the goals. And I think that's where, coming back to Mumbai, they don't have that versatility because they've only got one foreign centre-back in Murtada um, Fog. So they don't have the options to tweak it around as much as maybe some of the other teams do. All right. Uh, two questions here from Mumbai City FC. Brad, uh, first up, an Indian player who could be key for them this time around? I think you got to start like from the back. So with Amrinder having gone, the goalkeeping position is going to be key. So whoever starts there, whether it's Furbal um, Achenpa or I think in the last practice game, um, Vikram was playing there in goal. And I think that's going to be key how either one of these two adapt and if, if they can settle in and start putting in consistent performances, they're going to be the sort of youngsters to watch for them. Um, I would have said Apuya, but I can't keep saying Apuya for every answer. So, he's no longer a youngster. So. 
He's had two seasons in the league. We can't call him a youngster anymore. He's not emerging anymore. Tapa emerged. Tapa keeps emerging. Keeps emerging. Well, that brings me to the next one. Youngster, who we should be have our eyes on this time round from Mumbai City FC. I think one of those two. I think the keepers. I mean, right. um, whether, whether it's Vikram the keeper or Vikram, oh sorry, or Fulber the keeper, maybe. But another one I think who impressed in patches last year when he came on as a sub and he did pretty well in the under 23s as Vikram Pratap Singh. So I think he might get more opportunities this year again because of more Indians on the field. So I think he'll probably be the one to watch out for in terms of whether they play him up front or out wide on the right, um, how, you know, how they utilize him. But I think he's probably the, definitely the one who will catch a lot of eyeballs. Well, game time is something that Vikram will be striving for this time around. Uh, another team, we, we move on to the next one, a team that lost that final last time round, ADK Mohan Bagan, continuing with the coach, a guy who's been massively successful in India, Antonio Lopez Abbas. He will be eager to get that one better on Mumbai City FC, isn't it, Pradeep? Yeah, I think a lot of pressure on um, Antonio Abbas, which is un, you know expected when you're at one of the top clubs like ADK Mohan Bagan, where they've spent the most as usual and you know you've got on paper probably the strongest squad they missed out to mumbai both on the league title the shield as well as the other thing and they also missed out on apuya so they typically flex their muscles and have got bumu but again it's now you might have the bumus and you've got krishna you've got uh, Thierry, you've got carl McHugh, and you've got williams but it's for me, as well as obviously Yoni Kalko, who came in and played in the Euros, it's how do you find the balance? Um, which four does he pick? And, you know, he typically likes to keep it tight and um, play on the counter attack. And the extra pressure of, I think, not just not performing very well in the um, AFC Cup, the manner in which they lost um, in the zone playoff, I think that adds a little bit of extra pressure. So if they don't start the season very well, I think by January, there could be a bit of pressure on, on that squad. Well, Sandeep, that was something that I wanted to uh, bring up as well. That AFC Cup run, which did not end in a really good, in a manner which they would have expected. How much will that play on their mind going into the season? Or is that a thing of the past now for them? I mean, I, I honestly wouldn't uh, know how that would play in their mind. But I don't think it can be good because you get thrashed uh, by six goals and could have been worse. So, you know, and you don't even get the chance to go and say, oh, we lost the eventual champions, which a lot of Indians do tend to use as a sort of... <laughs> something that you've been holding on to since last Yes, because I've seen this happen, oh, we lost the champions. But it, it doesn't matter right, at the end of the day. But uh, I do feel like uh, with they only have one centre-back, right? Foreign centre-back again, like... Uh, well, Carl McHugh can play in there, so... And the thing is, because he plays with the three, he doesn't really need to have two foreign centre-backs. So he's got that option mm-hmm. of if, if, if Thierry's out, Carl McHugh can drop in there and um, and he can use one or the other. Um, and the advantage now is McHugh dropping in doesn't necessarily weaken their midfield because Noni Kauko can play in there. Um, I think Bumu gives them you know, a massive amount. I was just doing some of the... Um, the statistical stuff for them in terms of uh, you know what's what's gone out of the team and what's come into the team, and you look at the players that have gone. Obviously, they've lost Javi, they've lost um, Edu, Edu, and they've lost. Uh, I mean, 
thing. They moved on to other teams in the ISL. And um, the other one was, uh, top of my head, I can't remember, um, Marcelino now. Um, it's only four goals of those three players contributed, those three foreigners, and one assist from um, from Javi. So in terms of what's what they've lost isn't much. In terms of what's coming in, you've got the likes of um, Bumu, you've got Liston Kolasa, uh, you've got Ashtosh. So those three players alone provided 12 assists last year and five goals. So in terms of what's gone out and what's come in, they're significantly better off. They've done well in the transfer market that way. So there's a lot going to be expected on... Um, Liston and Bumu, whichever balance they find. So I think they've definitely got more goals in them, even though you know, they were considered a bit of a negative team last year and hit people on the counter-attack. I think they've, they've got more attacking, input, especially in the in the league at this. So do you think... Uh, first, I wanted to ask this about Mumbai as well. Mumbai was a very free-flowing sort of a team. How do you think they'll adjust this year? And in the same way, Abbas has done this, I've always been a backer of a defensively strong team, but uh, there is an argument that attack wins uh, games, defense wins leagues. Do you think uh, the way he plays with these many offensive players, right from Susai Raj and Pragyadas, right? Will they be able to, or will we see a sort of a more attacking Atletico? I don't think there is any precedence to this, but he gave a quote today that I want to play the style that wins the game or something to that effect. Uh, I think he's he's probably one of the more pragmatic coaches in the league where he'll set his, his stall out to win the games. Uh, he, they don't concede much. Um, you know, they kept 10 clean sheets last year. The fact that Amrinda's come in, that strengthens him at the back. Ashu coming in strengthens him at the back. He, by playing with a back three, he can make up for the loss of uh, Jingen. You know, he can beat them on one side. Uh, Subhashish so Bosa on the other side, or Sumitrati, who's, who's done well. So his defensive options, he's got plenty. I mean, he, he can play, it effectively becomes a back five at times. So when it's a back five and you've got Prabir in that back five, Prabir's you know, been a right back, uh, started his career there. So even within the same personnel, he can go quite defensive and soak up pressure. And you've got like Sabomo and Krishna in the team, David Williams, Liston. Um, and I think having Susedas come back from injury is almost like a new signing. And that's another player. So you've got five players who are definite goal threats. Uh, so I think there's there's no doubt that they'll, if they can keep it tight, they'll always nick a goal here and there. And they did it last year. And yeah, I agree with you, Sandeep. I mean, you don't have to play all this, uh, you know, there's this temptation to everyone wants to play this free-flowing football and uh, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of the day, what matters is you make the top four first in the ISL. And then after that, then it's, you know, then it's cup football almost. And then that's where it can be, You've got to make sure first how you approach it in a two-legged match in the semi-finals, and then how you approach it in a in a one-off um, final. And if you look at over the last couple of years, the history of who's won it, Bengaluru won it playing pragmatic football, you can say, under um, Carlos. And then the next year, Habas won it playing that kind of football. And last year, although Mumbai won it with a different style of play under Sergio. It could have all been different in that penalty shootout in the semi-finals if um, FC Goa had, had nicked it. So, I think you've got to play what suits your personal, what suits your personality as a coach. But there's no right and wrong. I mean, over the if you look at the history of the league, the teams who have played the way Habas, Carles and others have approached it, more likely do win the title towards the end of the season. As you said, defence will win you the title. 
and not to mention ATK backline had the worst game in the final. Yeah, that's too uncharacteristic of them. Yeah, but that, that's the nature of this kind of competition. Have a one, one leg final. It's yeah, but and again, they I mean they did blow it in the league as well towards the end of it uh, by trying to be too negative. You could say, when I think a draw would have clinched it for them, and then you know they lost in that last game. Well, in a team filled with superstars like that, as the case with ATK Mohan Bagan, one Indian player who could be key for them, uh, Pradyum Jayesh Rane was someone that really took the, took the, uh, really surprised us. Not really surprised us, but really entertained us last time round. But he's moved on to Bengaluru FC. But who who could be the one this time round? Are you talking about someone who's going to entertain? Then um, listen, yeah, simple as that. I think in terms of going to play a similar position where either Jayesh was used uh, or. I mean, how else use him, whether it's a long striker or out wide, he's definitely going to entertain. Um, and his numbers proved it last year. And I think he's going to grow from that. We saw patches of it in the AFC Cup. But he's definitely one that's um, going to stand out. And hopefully, Suse as well, because he was not riding on him, unfortunately, injured in the first game of last season. Right. So if he comes back to anywhere near the form that he was on, I mean, having him back is just a blessing for ATK Mohan Bagan as well as Indian um, football fans as well because I think he's he's exciting to watch as well. Absolutely. And then there is uh, Suse Sandeep for that matter has a, had a really good time in Chennai then came into the ISL. Unfortunately, it did not work out for him. And there are others like Prabir who, who's been there, someone you are a fan of. I've spoken to him in the past. Then there Amrandar who's come in in the goal this time round for ATK Mohan Bagan. Quite a number of players and these are and established Indian stars in the ATK Mohan Bagan ranks, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, uh, Susai, it's a little unfortunate. In the first year, I think uh, he was playing as a left wing back. It took a while for him to sort of settle into that defensive side of things. Uh, then he sort of hit his stride, which was a little too late. But And then got injured the subsequent uh, season at the beginning itself. So, it's very sad for him. But ATK has this all-star team. They're going to, I mean, uh, I think uh, ISL has said something about salary cap and fines. We'll see where that ends. <laughs> but... Uh, Regardless of that, you just have to look at the team and say that they are they are probably the favourites in terms of names. But we, we realise that uh, names don't always win you leagues. You know, uh, you have Prabir and Asatosh. So, both of them play right back or right wing or even whatever. In Prabir's case, he can play across that whole area. So, if you put Prabir up front, uh, what do you do with the wing? Liston is there and uh, David Williams is there. So, it's not easy for them to put all these guys at the same time. That's it. They probably have more options to come off the bench and change the game in both offensive and defensive terms. So, yeah, very good team. But, uh, yeah, only 11 on the field, right? Absolutely. In, in an all-star team like this, uh, Pradyum, how difficult is it for an Indian youngster to get playing time? I would, And how difficult is it for you to name a youngster to look out for? That's a, g- a good question. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to actually use as my answer about. <laughs> Antonio Habas isn't necessarily one that likes to, um, you know, let's say promote youth or give plenty of opportunities to them. But I think this year the ruling of having four developmental players in your overall squad and two in your match day squad. So you don't have to play them. It's not like in the I-League days where you had to start one of them. So he could you know, effectively just keep, um, you know, there was precedent set by actually the assistant coach of ATK Monbukhan with, uh, I think, uh, if you remember the I-League days where yes. um, Sanjoy Sen used to put, you know, put th- these players on Lachey, Sayer, Hill, whatever it was, cameos. literally, yeah, 17-minute cameos, 20-minute yeah. cameos. So, you know, they used to 
abuse that rule. But sometimes when you've got good youngsters in your squad, the temptation is there to use them because they can change the game. And I think even though he's, you know, you could say borderline youngster, um, is somebody who's come through their, technically come through their ranks as Deepak Kangri. Um, right. I remember seeing him uh, about five or five years, about four, five years ago, playing for um, uh, the Sale Monbagan Sale Academy in the IFA Shield final and as a centre back, and he looked pretty impressive. Uh, playing for, I think Joe Paul was the coach. He was playing for him, and he looked impressive as a centre back then. And he hasn't really got much opportunities as a centre back. Been moved into defensive mid by the last couple of coaches at clubs, but he did well in the India Under 23s there in that position. So I think versatile players will always help coaches and somebody like Habas where, you know, he's got plenty of options in midfield and even Lenny can play there and others. He might in games have to sort of use somebody like Tangri to just drop into the back three and make it a back four um, to change the way he plays. So I think Deepak Tangri might get a lot more opportunities and I think he'll relish being at a club where he's um, competing for those places. So I think he could be one that stands out in terms of youngsters. If we can use the word youngster for 20, yes. <laughs> 22 year olds. Yeah. So, what's the cutoff that we're looking at? 21? 20? I suppose, what should we say? Under 23 is if we call them as youngsters? Do we? It should, no? it should, be, the, it should be the developmental players, the ones who are, you know, 2001 yeah. born, technically. All right. But, yeah. It should be that. Well, no problem. Yeah, it's your show, you decide. So. All right. <laughs> no problems for ADK Mohan Bagan there, but you can't say the same about uh, their city neighbours, East Bengal. Last, like last time round, this time round again, it was a last hassle to put together a team. A new head coach, Rob, Robbie Fowler, has been replaced by Manolo Diaz. A new coach coming in, a new philosophy. Pradeem, before we get into the personnel, what can we expect from East Bengal this time round? Because this is a massive team, a team with a history and a legacy and something to live up to. Because And the players and the coach know about this. How difficult does it get for someone like a Manolo Diaz who's coming in? See, I think this year they're a lot better placed. Although everyone says, oh, they were the last team to be formed. They they didn't have a squad until a lot of the other teams had picked 90% of their players. Um, look, that's not necessarily the worst thing in the sometimes in Indian football. I, I remember eight years ago with Bengaluru, every I-League I team had been formed. And we had to go out and look for players and put together, you still, you still manage to find enough players to not only win the league, but keep the same core together and win it and twice in three years, runners-up. So, it's what you do once you assemble those players. Um, you know, last year as well, if you look at the squad that they had, Indian players, it wasn't the worst squad. Um, you still had some you know, former national team players, you got some good up-and-coming up youngsters. So, it's how you train them and how you get that team together. So, in terms of, yeah, they've had a... It started relatively early compared to last year, um, definitely earlier than last year. Had a few hiccups where they've had to move hotels and quarantine again, I think. But they shouldn't be as, as poor as they were last year. So um, I'd expect them to be competitive a lot sooner than they were last year. Last year is almost like the first half was a write-off for them. Right. So I don't think it'll be um, that much of a write-off. Apologies, right. I just lost power over here, but it should be able to continue. Yes. <laughs> yep, we can continue. Let me go to Sandeep with that. Sandeep, players who have come into East Bengal are the likes of Arandam Bhattacharya, who's a Golden Glove winner in the ISL last time round. Adil Khan, a form, I won't call him a former Indian international. He can just make a comeback and be an Indian international once again. Amarjeet Singh and then there's Jack Jin Singh. These play, players who have played and made a name for themselves in the ISL in the past. 
it doesn't look like 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 pradeep said it's not a bad team when you look on paper right i mean i still really believe that uh, a lot of their success will depend purely on the foreigners uh, i don't know why it's just one of those feelings that uh, that i've been getting because i, I was looking at the ba- backline especially and uh, adil khan hira mondal ankit mukherjee you know it, they don't necessarily give you a lot of confidence in terms that they can keep adil although like you said he can always make a comeback his last season has been first half he didn't play and second half uh, in goa played okay and was found out in the champions league so uh, we have to see where how he bounce back from that so to speak so their defense for me is a concern but going forward uh, i don't know any of the foreigners really a lot of the new new people they have signed and uh, i don't get excited about foreigners in general as well because they are sort of hit and miss until i know how they can play so yeah but it will be actually nice to see them compete uh, and as long as there is a progression i think that's good because unlike uh, mohan bagan's case where the fans are actively revolting and saying we merge and all those east bengal fans want their players to do well and they are, they have a revolt in a separate issue right. so as long as there's progress on the field i think they'll have fans on their side and uh, next year hopefully they can uh, sort of bounce take another step it'll be it's very sad to not have one of the historical teams doing well being in the top division i'm not going to talk about tempo and all because they are not even in the stratosphere right. so. well uh, pradeep this is something yeah, interesting foreigners right uh, yeah. if you look at the australian a croatian slovenian a dutch another croatian and nigerian so uh, they've gone all over the place with the signing it's pretty it's a global signing Yeah, it seems a bit strange. Normally, you get if you get a Spanish coach, you'd, you'd expect a sort of majority to come from um, a particular you know region, or you know the coach will pick players that he's familiar with. This is almost it seems like it's an agency picking. They're all familiar, you know, all come from the same kind of stable, um, as opposed right. to what the coach wants. Um, but hey, it, as Sandeep just said, it, it can work. Uh, Chennai's done it in time and again, not just once, where you've got. Um, A random bunch of players who can who can perform. Northeast were the specialists at doing this, you could say, where they bring people from all across the globe and they just settle in and, and play really well. So I think just keeping the team, they, they should have with the, with the coach the way it is. If, if they can keep that sort of cohesion in this league, there's not that much difference between um, the players in terms of the the Indian players in, in each squad. So it's how well you train them and um, how you can keep the unit together and. that's going to make a difference and again with like what sandeep said when it's four foreigners the foreigners are going to make a difference if you got a striker who's going to score goals if you got defenders who can who can defend um something which you know something like like some kerala blasters didn't have last season and it's just simple things now with four foreigners and somebody in midfield who can offer that creativity that could be the difference between you and the other teams because the indians pretty much will balance one another out but Pradeep, this was a team that looked in shambles last time round. Did not have a clear direction throughout the season. What should be the realistic target going into the season of the ISL? I mean, see, that's a, it's a tough thing because look, back in the I League days, irrespective of the fact that they weren't winning the I League, East Bengal, they were always the toughest place to go for for a lot of teams. Um, you know, even. even when bengaluru was winning it we'd always go there and, and that could probably was the only loss in that season for bengaluru 
Yeah, yeah. We'd like, but even if we got a draw out of an East Bengal game in those days, it would be like, you know, few. We got out of there with some, at least he got a point. Right. Normally, they get points. They come to Bangkok and take three points. And even like, I remember back to my, my Lajong days. It's, if you won, I remember there was a game where we won it at home, having been a goal down to 12 game, we won 2 1. And it just felt like, you know, even if, however the season went, it was like, oh, we beat East Bengal. And you could hang that, you know, you could hang your on that in those days. And, it's if they can start being competitive now, um, you know that's what that's what, it's a big team. It's teams that you'd be intimidated to play against, especially you know next year when when we're back in um, when we're not in a bubble and we're going home and away. That's going to be one of the toughest places for any team to go and get points. And um, and similarly when they go and visit uh, other teams, you know they're going to draw a crowd and they're going to draw attention. So if they can get back to even a semblance of that kind of intimidating that they are. I mean, it's a big team, so they just need to be a little either consistent defensively or that, and you'll start slowly sort of building results. It's not going to happen overnight, um, but they, they can get back to the kind of team that they were. Well, Pratyum, two more questions on East Bengal. Is there is is there an Indian player that we should be looking out for, or is this a collective that that the team has to play together and the coach needs to come up with a plan? So I think it's it reminds me of like that similarities between like when Bengaluru FC was set up in 2013, where it's you know a bunch of players who, as you said, you know they're making their comebacks. Some of them have been written off. Um, some youngsters who not many people have heard of. So they they've got similar kind of uh, mix. So I think one or two of these guys obviously will have a point to prove, and they will they will do well. So the things I think one of the the, the veterans, you know, one amongst your sort of Balwans, Jairus, Adils, Arindams, someone's going to, maybe even a Haukip possibly, could surprise everyone and show that possibly he was written off a little bit too early. And amongst, if you would ask me for a youngster amongst them, I'd probably have to be leaning towards more like Naramayesh or Songko Singsit, who did pretty well in the I-League towards the end of it and surprised a few ISL clubs, other ISL clubs didn't go in for him while he was still available in the market. I mean, actually, when he was still available late in for East Bengal to pick him up as East Bengal. So I think he could be one that surprises a few amongst the youngsters. All right, guys, that about East Bengal. We move on to another team, a former ISL champion, a team that has always been on, been among the top teams in the ISL, Bengaluru FC, but ended up losing their mojo last time around. Can they refine their? Rediscover their mojo, Sandeep, this time around under Marco Perezayuli. Well, the, whether they'll rediscover their mojo, time will tell. But uh, looking at the team, um, I'm not too convinced that they will be up there, at least one and two, top two. Um, what they can see, the thing with them is uh, look at them, Beke went. Rahul Beke was a big player, a big, uh, they didn't really replace him. Uh, Harmanjot Khabra is a big character. Didn't really replace him either. Juanan and Eric left. Uh, they brought in um, the two centre backs, and uh, Masua King was not. I didn't. Me, for me personally, was not great during the AFC Cup, and we have to see what the level of the foreigners. I think Clayton is probably one of the most intelligent players in the league because he's really aware and his movements are very, you know, sharp and precise and causes a lot of damage. Uh, their only standout signing to say is probably Jayesh Rane, name value, if you go by name value. Maybe even Vijay Shagar because of what he did last season in the I-League. 
but overall if you look at it they are banking a lot on the youth players to step up and uh, that's probably asking maybe a lot because whatever set and done shiv shakti damit and uh, all these uh, youngsters have not really played in the isl not even in the i league for that matter they have played in the you know local division second division durand cup a little bit so we have to see how they adapt to the higher level but the coach uh, apparently is quite keen on high pressing and you know full action style of football can they do that over the course of 90 minutes to cause trouble for teams especially with uh, someone like sunil upfront who's in his late 30s now and probably should look to sort of uh, save him for the most damage that he can cause like that which is in the opposition box closer to that side so we we'll, we'll have to see uh, i i haven't really followed the preseason matches that they played uh, i know only that uh, against goa they lost so i'm i don't really know what happens in that sense but it's it's a tough it's it'll be a tough season for them uh, you can't put it past them because uh, pride would be the first one to say that look at squad and you can't really judge a team you know on the squad because they won it like that so right it'll be quite uh, interesting to see but yeah And the wing situation is quite interesting for me this year because I have finally got a bunch of good wingers or at least fast wingers. Udanta, Sunil, Vidya Shagar probably is going to play over there. Clayton is there, Ashik, Leon. So finally, they'll have a proper. Udanta is going to get really pushed this year. Like if he doesn't perform, uh, he might not be in the eleven. So it's going to be a tough season, and uh, let's see where they go. We never write them off. I'd say. We have never write them up. Right? Isn't that the case? And there's always this aura about Bangalore FC when you play against them, right? Uh, even last time round, when things were not going well for their Carlos was sacked midway through, and when uh, Coach Musa came, and there was always this aura that things could just change and th- they could just change things around in a matter of a game or two. And that is something that always carries this team uh, team through, even in their difficult times, isn't it? Yeah, I think. Part of that aura was obviously what they'd achieved as a team, and then also the personnel that they had. I mean, you you look at their squad. If you're you're an opposition coach, and even irrespective of the result, when you see that the team sheet comes out, and you look at the back, you've got Gurpreet Singh Sandhu in defence. You've got Akwanan, who's you know been there for so many years in in football, and um, you've got in midfield and Eric Park, who can win a game and you know provide that different you know little screening in front of the back four. Then the likes of Ashik, Udantas, Sunil, and obviously, and Sandeep mentioned Clayton was super consistent last year. But what they lacked last year and for the last couple of years is probably a genuine number nine, um, or utilize their number nines properly. So I think it's all going to come down to that. If Prince Ibarra can be that focal point of their attack, then that gives them an improvement from the last couple of seasons because I think Opset and it's just. It's not not the kind of player that suited them last year um, in terms of the way they played. I think missing Eric, missing Wanan, is huge because it's right. not just um, what they brought on the field. I'm sure the leadership qualities in the dressing room, in training, all that's going to be a massive um, loss. And I agree with somebody from what I saw in the AFC Cup, uh, the defensive pairing of um, Costa and King. Um, almost reminded me of another Costa pairing we saw last season. Uh, you know, it's um, it just didn't look impressive in in the AFC Cup. So I think Costa's a decent player. How you pair him is going to be interesting because is it going to be Pratik or is it going to be Sartak? That's a problem they have to solve. And 
if you use Sartek as a right winger, then you really don't have many Indian options at centre back. It's Moirang or um, Pratik. If you use Sartek there, then you know the full back positions. You're going with relatively younger players. So I think it's it's just about the finding that right balance. Well, it might actually help them that it's four foreigners now because right. um, you play one, you, you play Costa, you play Clayton, you play Prince, and then you play. Um, either Iman Basafa in midfield or the other, uh, the Brazilian Ramirez in midfield. So it might help them that way. And you've got versatile players like Jayesh um, and you've got Suresh. So you've got midfielders who can who can more than make up and, and, and hold their own in, in centre midfield. So I think they're not weak in that particular area. But where's the creativity come from? Where's the... Um, I think they might be missing that. And the other question is, do you keep playing Sunil out wide? I mean, is he has he got the the legs to do that for a full season in that wide position? Do you have to compensate for Sunil being on the left by playing Ashik as a left back? I think they've they've ruined Ashik, in my opinion, by taking probably one of the best attacking players in Indian football over the last couple of seasons and putting him in a left back position. Partly because because he's so good, he ends up covering a lot of the work that somebody else has to do, and imbalances the team. Uh, I think. The strongest team for them would be to have Ashik in an attacking position, whether it's on the left or on the right. Um, to have Udanta, who showed glimpses of it when Sunil wasn't playing in the AFC Cup, of the kind of player that he was, um, or is capable of being. And you've got others knocking on the door. I think Leon is um, is one that's come in hungry, and he looks like he can challenge for those places. If you've got three or four youngsters like that who've got pace and ability, it helps in both ways. One that Sandeep touched upon, which is... If you want to play on the front foot and be a pressing team, you can do it with the likes of Udantas, Ashiks, Leons, etc. up front. And even if you do have to soak up a bit of pressure, you can hit teams on the counter with, with the kind of pace they possess. And again, we saw that towards the end of the AFC Cup. They looked brilliant in uh, when they were in full flow, these young young players. So they could surprise a few people if they can get um, if they can find the balance and find how to fit everybody in the right places. Well, Sandeep, a lot of Indian players to look out for in the, from this BFC team. A large, and we know a lot of lot of the names primarily because of the fantastic media image they have, because they ensure that these play these players are out there in the public domain and everyone has heard of their name before they take the field. So let me bring it to you first up, an Indian player that could be probably key for BFC's uh, success this time around. I hope you don't don't say Jayesh. Oh, an Indian player. Yeah. Um, you mean a youngster or just a general Indian player? General Indian player. We'll come to the youngster later. Okay, so um, you know what? Uh, I actually think Leon is this guy who has been knocking on the doors for a long time. And last year, uh, I remember before the start of the season, I think Carles was talking about how hungry he is now. Right. And he's put on some muscle and uh, increased mm-hmm. his bulk and everything. So, he is someone, I think, who can really, really cause a lot of problems. Biswa, I like personally because he's a good attacking left-back. But uh, I, I, and he's played with Roshan, Biswa, all of them. We've seen them for a while. I just want to see them consistently. Like in a one-not game at the ISL or the AFC Cup is not the same as playing, you know, 10, right. 15, 16 games in a row. So, I would say uh, Leon is the one Indian that I'm really looking forward to. And to an extent, uh, uh, Danish Farooq as well. Because I saw him play in midfield. He was, I thought he was a winger, but he played okay in midfield for the AFC Cup. Hey, what about Pratim? Pratim, do you, do you subscribe to Sandeep C or do you have some other player in mind? 
I think um, we've mentioned, I mean, we've spoken about this a few times. Um, I think the big question mark that I'll have on them is their fullbacks. Like, who's going to be the one that, you know, you, you, Sandy mentioned about Cabra not being available. That's a player that, you know, even though he's not what you, he, he wasn't like known for being a right back, but he was just so consistent for them last season in what um, he gave them. Um, both, obviously, they're going to miss the presence off the field in the dressing room, etc. But they need someone who can cement that position both in right back and left back. Because you've lost Raúl Baker, who could play right back. You've lost Cabra. Now, so the, the question is whether you're, you know, Biswa, whether Namgal, whether Ajit Kumar, whether Satak, who's who's going to be the one that kind of cements their places both at right back and left back? Because if you're constantly chopping and changing, and um, you know, you've got a chuck. Ashik in there. Um, you know, you, they, they've played players like Parag who played a right back sometimes, they played a right midfield sometimes. So you've not really got genuine fullbacks where you can say, okay, this guy's going to play week in, week out. So that's an area where I think they need to fix. And whoever it is, whichever player amongst those six or seven that we mentioned can can stake a claim for that place and then cement it, I think that's going to be key for them. So well, can I ask you, uh, I'll ask Pride one question because I was just wondering about this the other day. Like we know a lot of the youngsters, we've seen them in Duran Cups and you know in flashes here and there, and yeah. they do seem to have a lot of potential. So, in my personal view, uh, BFC is one of those teams who suffered the most without fans. It just feels like uh, them have, with their fans behind them because they have these fans who are always behind them, and uh, even if they're losing or winning, whatever they're always supporting, they don't turn on them. Uh, they don't uh, like. It's not like in Kerala. Sometimes where the other opposition teams plays too well, they get appreciated as well. It's a hostile place, regardless. So, couple of things is: Do you think that played a major role for BFC mentally? And without fans, do you think the players not having the pressure or having that pressure? How do you think the youngsters will deal with that? Uh, I think it was a bit of a convenient excuse to say about the um, the fans because it's. Um, it, the co- it's a coincidence that the decline happened at the time when there were no fans. Um, I think the decline was happening. A lot of us could see it in terms of the way um, the team was playing, the way um, yeah, not many youngsters were coming through. Quite, the team had become a little bit stagnant. And you could see it towards the end of the 2019-20 season. Uh, there was talk about it. And then last year was very, very evident that it was completely reliant on um, set pieces and, and the way to play. So they hadn't brought many youngsters coming through. It was pretty much you could um, expect and name the um, starting eleven without um, too much thought. And I think they haven't really addressed that issue. So, yeah, it's just a coincidence that the fans thing happened around the same time as, uh, as the decline was happening with the team. So I think that's something that they've got to resolve. And... You know, playing the Durand Cup, giving a lot of these youngsters an opportunity now. Let's see if that helps. Um, see some of them actually now challenging for it because you've either got to do it with your youngsters coming through, or you've got to go into the market and um, and do what like an ATK and Monbagan and other teams have done, just go out and get the best players in the league. Um, and with the exception of JS, you can't. You wouldn't say you're too impressed with much of their Indian signings. I think Sapphic's obviously a good signing um, because it's a position where there's not many in Indian football in that position, centre-backs. And Jayesh obviously a proven winner, uh, both in I-League and ISL. So, apart from that, I don't think they've really gone out and done too much in the market. Well, it's good to see that our viewers are also chipping in. This is Shubham who 
wanted to share his thoughts on Bengaluru FC and the squad going into the ISL. Bengaluru lacked creative midfielder. Suresh is the workhorse, which we have seen last season and also when he turned up for the Indian team in the few matches that happened over the past few months. But creativity needs to come from the like of Jayesh Rane and Danish Farooq is what Shubham thinks. That's about Bengaluru FC. Moving on to their neighbouring state, a neighbouring city. Chennai NFC, a team that has also seen a new head coach this time around. Bosizar Vandanovic, someone that Sandeep spoke to. Sandeep, you had a conversation with the man, uh, the chat that was yes. released last week. What did you make of uh, his uh, impressions with Indian football and what does he want to achieve with his team? Yes, winning is what he says and that is something he's made very clear in that conversation that you had. But beyond that, what is that, what is he that looking for in Indian football? I mean, he was successful in Asia, so uh, you have to give him that. So he, he that comes with a certain pedigree, I guess. Uh, but uh, you can't really Chennai. Chennai has always been this team that is either hit and miss, right? Either they get all the correct players and they hit it out of the park, or they don't get the right players and they just languish at the bottom. So we've seen them sort of alternate between the two also, and they are also a team who starts very badly and can end up in the final also. Right. So they are probably the most difficult team to call. Again, there's foreigners are from Croatia and Serbia, Kyrgyzstan. Uh, the Asian is from Kyrgyzstan. So, oh yeah, they replaced Fatullo with another fellow now. Yeah, so it just seems I, I don't again understand the foreign signings. It seems like Brad mentioned earlier, like we were talking Chennai and East Bengal sort of have a similar foreign contingent in right. terms of at least profile. So we have to see about that. Vandovich uh, was actually quite uh, quite a good conversation to have. Seems like he's not married to any style, which I think is great. He said, I just want to win. And I would like to have a position, but I just want to win. So if I have to change it, I'll change it. Which I think uh, a lot of the coaches now are coming with this philosophy and does not want to change it. And all those things. I'm not a big fan of that. Whatever gets you the victory, I think you should go with that. But their goalkeeper, it's like Devjit and Vishal Ket are probably the two. So you'll have to see who nails down the spot. In India, goalkeepers are a little... Not little, majorly inconsistent, right? So, uh, as long as one of them find form, they'll be fine. If not, we'll have to see what to do because I doubt Salam Ranjan Singh and all uh, as a head centre back is going to really, really step up. Especially, they only have one foreign centre back, I think. So, if he gets injured or something, what happens then? So, you have to. So, that would be mine. I don't know my details about their foreigners. Maybe some of them can drop in. So, we'll see how that goes. And, uh, and, Indian strikers, I'm always a little reluctant to talk about. I don't think Vikram Pratap will play that much. I don't think Jogi Justin will play that much. Just because they have foreign strikers and strikers, not strikers, strikers. Correct. So, uh, replacing them will be tough. So, yeah, it seems like one of those. I'm really excited to see them play, actually. To be honest, I thought last year Chennai played very, very well on the field. Did not reflect in the results. Maybe not the best of dressing rooms, also. But, uh, yeah, they just. Uh, they were the, I, I thought they would uh, no i can't say they would have uh, kept the coach but sure that the, the team was fine last year i i thought i, I quite liked the way they played all right Brad, what about you how do you look at this coach this man comes from thailand who was with buriram united a team that did really really well in thai, thai football at a time when thai football was on a rise and then he comes to india now with that kind of an expectation Brad, hoping that he would replicate the similar if not the same form which an INFC in the ISL. So I think knowing a little bit of Thai football, you can't. I think it's a bit 
it's stretching it to say like, oh, right, he, you know, because he was successful with Buriram, that's automatically means this or that about coach. I mean, I don't know much about um, his coaching style and what he's achieved prior to um, Buriram because in those days when he was at Buriram, pretty much Buriram or Wang Tan would win the title. It was it's like a Rangers and Celtic situation. The, the rest of the teams were just there to make up the numbers. And if you look at the kind of um, squads that they have, because we do a little bit of scouting in case we faced up against them in a, if, if we got out of the preliminary stage of the Champions League qualifiers, you'd have to, in the second group stage or second qualifying stage, face a Thai team. And you'd watch some of the games. And the foreigners that they had in those days at Buriram and Wang Tonga, Almost J League Two, K League Two, okay. very very good standard players who probably ISL teams don't go for that caliber of strikers. So you're used to having those kind of players and winning in Thailand is different from the kind of personnel that if you look at what he has at Chennai, Chennai and typically don't go for the most expensive foreigners in the league, and it is um, it's completely new. But Chennaians have this unique ability of having. A good season followed by an absolutely terrible season followed by a good season. They like the yo-yo club of, uh, of the ISL. So just by that sheer logic alone, they should probably have a good season this season. So irrespective of the coach, just by, you know, Chennai way of doing things, um, they should have a pretty decent season. Uh, I think we talked about it earlier about churn of uh, players when you lose too many players. This is one of their sort of rebuilding years, you could say. They've gone... They've lost some backroom staff um, that have been there at the club for many years. They've lost, I mean, the coach who I thought was a, was a very, very good coach last season. He's gone on all his staff. And the only sort of survivor amongst the foreigners has been um, Kaviaro. And he's obviously key. You could see the difference when he got injured last year. He was gone. But I think losing Eli Sabia could be crucial because he was pretty consistent as a defender. And now with Damjanovic as the only one coming in, I think they're a little bit light defensively because if he gets injured, then it's, you know, you're looking at probably Deepak Devrani and Salam Ranjan at the back. Um, so that that's one area of concern that I'd probably have in terms of the, the balance of their squad. Uh, but when everyone's fit and it's only four foreigners in the field, you know that then they've only got one at the back in terms of foreigners. So they probably can go a bit more attacking, a bit more aggressive intent with the other three foreigners in attacking positions. So, you know, then it comes down to how well the strikers do. And last year, for all the attacking play, they didn't have... Um, they just, just weren't consistent. I mean, consistent the strikers, they, they talk about the chances they created and how much they missed, both Isma and um, um, Jakob Sylvester. So I think it's crucial how the new strikers, um, Lucas, um, settle in. And if they can, they can provide goals then that, that's crucial. But I actually disagree with one thing that Andeep said about Indian strikers. I think Joby, just from what I've seen and heard in preseason, he's doing pretty well, looks hungry. So I think he's definitely going to be knocking on the door to be getting starting chances. So normally you'd say, yeah, Indian strikers won't get much of an opportunity. They'll be pushed into wide areas. But this four-foreigner rule is a game-changer. And I think we will start seeing teams having to, whether it's for injury, whether it's for suspensions, whether whatever reasons, having to rely on Indian strikers more often than they have in the past. 
And I think when you've got somebody like Joby Justin coming, whether it's off the bench or whether starting certain games, I think he can provide them what JJ did for them in the seasons when they were successful. Having an Indian striker who can genuinely be that fox in the box. Because if you've got guys who can create and get the ball in and around instead of 18-yard area, inside the box, Joby Justin is still probably one of the better finishers in the league amongst the Indians. Well, what do you say? He's been doing well, no? In the preseason? Yep. Yeah, he's doing pretty well. Okay, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Would you call him your uh, pick for the key player, key Indian player in the Chennai NFC side? Yep. So you just segued straight into that. Yeah, he's my oh, yeah. Indian player that I would. <laughs> <laughs> he's my Indian player that I would say keep an eye out on for on that um, Chennai team. Yeah. Definitely. What about a youngster like a youngster that we should be looking out for? Anjit Thapa. <laughs> Are we still calling? <laughs> we still calling him a youngster? Is he or still young emerging? I was a young Jerry. Um, <laughs> no, I think um, amongst the youngsters, a pretty tough one to pick. But I think I'm going to go with um, they've signed uh, this kid uh, Davinder, who was at Mumbai before. Right. I remember watching him a few years ago, thinking this kid had a little bit of potential and he could do well. Um, I think again, just because they don't have that many options defensively, I think this kid might actually play uh, and play quite a bit. Um, Especially on the right side, so I think he could be, he could be the one that maybe, as a youngster for them, does well. Um, so he's the one I'm, I'll pick as my youngster for them. Well, probably them in the, this opportunity coming them in this way. We move on next team, Kerala Blasters, a team probably I don't know how to explain this team, how how to describe this team because uh, if I say if if I say something that is not good, if that is not right, the fans would just take take my case on Twitter. So I just want to be I just want to play safe here. Like Kerala Blasters, a new head coach coming in along with a number of players. Can they finally end up winning a title this time, with you? Or is it too early to say that? Yeah, I think let's let's not jump the gun for them. Winning the title, having the way they finished last year, I think is a bit too much of a jump. What they need to do is get back to being a sort of top 14. Um, and I think that's the sort of progression. Even if you look at Mumbai winning the league last year, the rebuilding started with Mumbai a few years ago where, you know, they were consistently getting into the top four. Every alternate year, they were there or thereabouts in the top four, whether it's under George Costa. They were missed out narrowly in the second season, but, you know, they were there or thereabouts. Um, I think Kerala's got to get back to that level where they're there or thereabouts of being a top four team. Like you could say Jamshedpur are always sort of, you know, top half of the table team. If... Kerala Blasters can be a top half. That's a great improvement from last season. And then it's, look, a couple of games here and there can be the difference. It's sometimes the difference between the fourth-place team and the sixth-place team is normally not more than four points. So that's right. just, you know, drop points here, a last-minute equaliser, controversial, this or that, something or the other. So I think they need to start being a lot more consistent. And one thing that they're not is consistent. The only thing that's consistent with them is change. You know, every year it's, you know, change load of players, uh, change a load of personnel. And um, I think that change is not necessarily always good. You just Sometimes you're making changes for the sake of making changes. Uh, okay. Like, you know, I spoke about how ATK Mohan they had a, you know, eight players going out and, you know, nine players coming in, kind of. Sorry, nine players going out and eight players com- nine players coming in. Um, that's over your squad of about 30, whereas with Kerala, you're looking at about 13 players that have come in. Um, and that's including sort of young players being promoted and, and 10 players moving out. Every single one of their foreigners has gone out um, from last season. 
So it's just, again, you're building from scratch every single season. There's no... Um, if you look at what was their starting eleven last year, I think with the exception of probably Albino, yeah, Albino started last season, probably will start this season. Um, amongst their back four, we see there's no Costa, there's no Kone. Um, who's going to play left back? Is it Jessel? Is it Nishu? Who's going to start there? Um, right back? Are they going to have to use Cabra there, or you know, Sandeep? Is there any chance they're going to play on the left? So they got three left backs, and they signed Sanjeev Stalin. Um, so if you say Nishu is a right back, then you can say they have three left backs and three right backs uh, with um, Sandeep Cabra. So I think they've just got too many players. So finding that balance could be tricky. And then again, you know, some of the foreign signings, if, if they do go with the two foreign centre backs, then will they leave themselves light in the midfield? So balance is something that I would just be worried about as a Kerala Blasters. If you're looking at that squad, I think it just doesn't have that right balance at times. But well, Sandeep, some impressive names there, though. I mean, I like absolutely. Pereira Diaz and all, and Luna. Mm-hmm. You got some very, very good attacking players. But yeah, you know, they had that last season too. So you need to make make sure that that somehow you can fit your best players into this into a right system. That's that's what it comes down. Well, Sandeep Pratim spoke about the squad and the balance. Balance is something that the team needs to work upon. But beyond that, that, there are problems that Kela Blasters face beyond that, right? Because this is a team that gets fan base readily available. Season in and season out, guys who swear by that yellow colour and swear by the team. But still, and the team, even though the team doesn't perform well, the fans still stick around. So, where does this team go wrong every year? You can look at the recruitment. Like, uh, I had some, I thought some intelligent points which came right off the top of my head for Pratyum. This is the this is what I keep saying that uh, these coaches see the game at a whole other level. But yeah, it's the same thing, right? You had you bought Stalin, Nishu, Jessel. Why would you need three left backs? And Nishu is very highly paid as well. So yeah. you have to start him. Otherwise, uh, but then you don't trust him because you bought in an under-17 World Cup right into the mix again. So that makes no sense. Then they have Sipu, which I was not very impressed with him per se uh, in Chennai. But they have signed him. Fair enough. Um, and after him and the other, uh, Lesko, which I think is the other foreigner. La- lastly, everybody is inexperienced. Uh, Hormipam had a good season in the I-League. But, uh, you know, he's coming into the ISL, into a new team. You have to see, can he adjust? And uh, Chencho looked sort of impressive from what I saw in the preseason games. But uh, again, when you saw him in BFC, didn't really work for him. Can they play to his strengths? Because you have to play to his strengths for Chencho to do well. And Pereira Diaz was very good when uh, Pratt and all were facing him in Asia. It's been a few years since. So we have to see, is he that good again? Or as he sort of, as you grow older, you sort of grow down in terms of level. right? So we have to see all those things. But I, what I would say is, the fans always have high expectations of the team. But this year, more and more on Twitter and things, I've been seeing them saying, he need to progress. He need to challenge for top four. So there is sort of a real, uh, realistic expectation. They are sort of figuring that out. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing when your own fans are sort of looking at it and thinking, okay, we just let's just go up and not go completely. Uh, we have to win the title. Probably a good thing, I guess. And what what I actually want want to touch on something that I've been wondering is Sahal, KP, Prashant. They are the three uh, Malayali players that are. Sort of, uh, if you go to Kerala, you always see them on the, on the, all the billboards and things like that. 
and i wonder they probably need to actually push a little harder right sahal yes he scored that goal in in saf cup yes uh, he is a national team player rahul had a good outing in the under 23s but uh, you have to look at them and say okay they haven't really sahal maybe rahul not so much because he's been playing only for a year or so the other two maybe a little bit more desire from them to maybe move up a level are they in the comfort zone in you know in their own land and they sort of uh, big stars in kerala do you need to sort of push them a little bit more to get the best out of them because uh, I, i don't know i just feel like there is they have a higher ceiling and they just not getting there whether it's the coaching changes whether it's the system changes uh, sahal is a number 10 then he's a number winger then he's in the midfield so it just seems uh, I, i'm not very sure uh, what is the problem with them i just want to ask uh, prad the same thing do you think they need to be pushed a little bit because the ceiling with especially sahal is much higher and prashant's been there for a long time and he's just been one of those players who's there so i mean sometimes you you look at these guys and i'll echo some of the things that we've spoken about before and some of the other people have said is they've obviously got ability there's, there's no doubt about it. otherwise they wouldn't play have played where they where they played and they wouldn't have been at these clubs and people who worked with them coaches and you can show they they show glimpses of it in training and they show glimpses of it in the game I've spoken to coaches who worked at Kerala Blasters and with the national team and um players who played with them both national team and at club level and you know they say these kids have have the ability and they talk highly of them certain aspects of each 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 one of those three players have but you know when we judge you judge players like at the end of the match you see these you get match reports where like it's a, a 9 out of 10 or a 6 or depending on how they perform and then at the end of the season you put your you know player of the week or player of the month and then player of the season and if you look at these three players they'll probably never make a player of the the month probably never make a player of the season in in anybody's book and it's not like personal opinions obviously I might have a certain opinion I'm a, I don't like this particular player if you ask across any any of the experts in Indian football any of the journalists across the league you probably wouldn't pick pick these guys in your teams but they have flashes of it so it's almost as if i don't know whether it is the case or not but younger players nowadays it's almost like don't go back and watch their videos and look and speak to the coaches and find out how they performed in terms of you know, what do I, what do i do what do i do well what do i need to improve upon it's almost like go back check your phone and see how many instagram likes you got and you post that clip of that video and see how much oh last year i had whatever 100,000 people following i've got 200,000 people think you're growing as a player and i think that's possibly the case with some of these players where the kind of adulation they get is the wrong kind of adulation or steering them in a different direction and they're not focused on what they really need to improve and maybe it's just not being in the right environment the right club under the right coaches but somebody needs to push them to make sure that you know you work on your weaknesses because there's no doubt they've all got strengths and they're very good players but have they improved upon their weaknesses over the last um um last couple of years i mean they've been you know prashant broke through from the college scene and he was like okay this kid has potential they tried him a right back last year they tried him a right wing he'll have one game where he's really good and he does very well but does he do it for 6 7 8 games in a row over the league no rahul kp brilliant against bengaluru in both the games against bengaluru so instant fan favorites right because you beat bengaluru or you scored against them great counter attacking goals but that's not enough is it you need can you do it week in week out even if you don't give a 9 out of 10 in those those are probably 9 out of 10 performances or an 8 out of 
in those games against BFC. But what you want as coaches sometimes from the players is, listen, just give me seven, seven and a half, but give it throughout the season. So I think that's what you want um, from these players. And it's the same with Sahel. The numbers are there. You know, you look at the... It's not about scoring one spectacular goal. It's about consistently putting up numbers. You know, where are your goals and assists over the course of, what's it been, four or five seasons now in the league? And if you look at the numbers and you compare that with other players in that position across the league and other players in that position have much, much better numbers in it. So I think that's where they've got to start living up to those expectations that they And I think a friend of the pod, Orko Bhattacharya, who's joining us on the live stream, concurs with you guys. He says the likes of Prashant and Hauko haven't kicked on despite several years at the club and that is also a problem that Kerala Blasters face over the, has been facing over the years. But guys, two questions like we have answered about every single team. First up, uh, Pradeem, an Indian player who could be key for them if they have, they are to kick on this season. See, I think you know, Cabra could be key because I think what they've lacked is leadership. Um, in terms of it. And when, when you keep having players to year, you don't have that leadership in the club. Because the players we mentioned, even though they're local players, are not necessarily what you'd call leaders, uh, um, both in the dressing room or on the pitch. So I think someone's got to kick in. Someone's got to provide that. I think that's probably why they've signed Cabra. And I definitely think he's he's probably the best in that amongst Indian players to provide that what they need. So I think he's going to be crucial to them, both on the field, whether they play him centrally or play him out wide. Um, and what he can offer in training, dressing room, and that vast experience that he brings to the table. So I think he's he's crucial to them this season. Um, in terms of the young players, um, I think there's a few who who stand out. The one kid that surprised me in, in preseason, from what I've been watching and hearing, and is this Ayush Adhikari kids um, got a little bit of potential, been working really hard. He could um, he could get a lot more opportunities now just because of the the balance of the team. And, you know, we mentioned all these other names, but some of these, the two who've been, another one we caught uh, is Vinci Barreto. He's another one that um, came across from Bokulam, right, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And yeah. um, he could be one that, again, opportunities uh, and could, could be one that makes a bit of a name for himself. All right, from one team that has to make a name for it, themselves in this season of the uh, in the ISL to a team that has been the new, neutral's favorite, FC Goa, for all the right things they do on the pitch and off it, a team that really, really entertained us and gave us enough and more to cheer about in that AFC Champions League run of theirs earlier in this season. Sandeep, this is a team that you've highly spoken about over the years, a team that you are, if I may say so, a fan of for the right things that they do. How do you look at FC Goa? Oh. One for Ando oh, in the ISL. Also on a you, jersey I'm wearing. You wear a jersey, any, any jersey that people give you, dude. This is a collector's item now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Sandeep, coming back, uh, one Fernando, FC Goa, ISL this time around. How do you look at it? I think uh, they have a very good chance uh, of winning this whole thing. Because they've done very well in terms of... Uh, one thing about them, they'll do their due diligence in signing foreigners. So you look at the foreigner and uh, they've signed uh, Iram. Looks like a player that they can get something out of. And uh, look, if you are letting go of Angolo, who is guaranteed goals, then obviously they must have done some thought process behind it. So I would say that. And plus, their midfield looks absolutely immense. Like they have Brandon, Nemil, Nogueira, Ortiz. 
uh, I heard this uh, Iran can drop down as well. Yeah. Edu and Glenn and Princeton. And they have all these wingers in Devendra, Chote, Redeem. You can just say all these names, Romario. They they can change games. And one thing you notice with Juan from last year onwards is that he would change players, especially on the out wide last year, especially. And they wouldn't really necessarily lose a lot of quality. Mm-hmm. Not to say that they'll they'll both do the same thing. But not too much in terms of the defensive work and shape and everything. And uh, he did a sort of a tactical uh, workshop for the journalists the other day, a few days ago, uh, which was very, very helpful. Sort of uh, telling what he expects his team to do, what he his plans and, you know, what his tactical thought process are. It seems quite good. And plus another year under him, they, they haven't lost a lot of players. The players that they lost are probably the ones we would have thought they would lose anyway. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it seems very nice. And they'll get uh, Anwar Ali as well. Later right. on, this season, who's going to be who was a standard player in the second division? Uh, we, were, we were watching it, and he can score goals, left foot, right foot, free kicks. So uh, yeah, it's going to be massive for them. I I, I think they'll do really really well, and uh, they have again brought new players through. So it's going to be a very good uh, season for them, especially Nemil being a Malayali. Also, he seems he's got a lot of hype behind him, and he's from Calicut. Where I come from, him and Leon are the two players who I always want to do well. So yeah, it's they they they're going to be good, man. I, I really like one. I really like what they did in the Champions League. So uh, looking forward to that. Well, I shouldn't be asking the youngster. We are looking forward to this time round in FC Goa. We know the answer to that question. Yep, I think yeah, that's already been answered. <laughs> <laughs> question been answered. But Pradeep, coming to you, uh, uh, people like Dylan Fox coming in, Anwar Ali will join this team. Will be allowed to join this team uh, post the January window. This uh, this team looks good and looks really good and could, like like Sandeep said, could go on to challenge for the title. Yeah, they should. I mean, they should be challenging for the title. I mean, I think um, last year you could say it was a little bit of a rebuilding year with a new coach coming in. And um, again, what they do is they keep things consistent. They look at the even though one was a new coach coming in. You know, they had a core group of the players who have been together for a long time. The core philosophy of the club's been there for a while. And, you know, you've got, I think, Edu Badia is now going into his um, fifth season, if I'm not mistaken, um, with uh, with the club. So you've got people who've been around the club um, and leaders, and they, they can bring that stability to the club. I think Dylan Fox is a good, very good signing to replace uh, Donerkey, someone with experience in the league. I don't think in terms of foreign players there's any sort of drop-off at all. Um, you know, they, they didn't have, um, they, they're going to miss Angulo's goals. Um, but Sandeep said, you know, you look at their recruitment over the years, they know what they're doing. When they let go of a Coro, they bring in an Angulo. They let go of an Angulo, they're going to bring in a Adam Cabrera, Cabrera. So, and irrespective of whether Cabrera can produce the kind of numbers that his predecessors have, it doesn't matter because you look in the Champions League, they played without an Angulo, without a recognised number nine. And they still put in terrific performances against some very, very good teams. And I think they can do that again. You could see towards the end of the season as well when Angulo wasn't starting for them and they played Ortiz as a false nine. Uh, they've got other kids, uh, Devendra, who did very well in, in the Duran Cup. You've got youngsters coming through who can fit in and gives them gives the coach that tax, tactical flexibility. I think, again, keep going back to this point about four foreigners, but if he wants to play with two foreign centre-backs, he can. He can play with um, 
neither Nora Dubadia. He can play Ortiz out wide. He can play him centrally. Even last year, you could see towards the end of the season where he played uh, Ivan Gonzalez out as a, a right back in a couple of the games because that's what was needed to win those those games or nullify the threat of an opponent. So I don't think there's any other team who's as tactically versatile as um, FC Gore. They've got players that can shuffle around and, and adjust on the fly. So as the game is going on, they don't need to make any subs, even though you can't still make subs this season. So that's a huge advantage who's got versatile players. So I think that's the versatility, the fact that they've been together for a while. And I think they were very smart in starting their preseason early, getting the Durand Cup in with their main squad. And that's definitely going to definitely gonna help them. And um, I think they'll, yeah, my favourites, they'll definitely make it to the top, I think. I don't want to jinx it, but top four, I think, is a, is a, is a shoe-in for them. Um, and they should be able to, I mean, they should be winning. I mean, don't forget, they only lost out on a penalty shootout last year. So, right. otherwise, had they got through that, they probably would have won it last year itself. So, that's probably a little bit a year ahead of the expectation from with, with a new coach coming in. But So, they're not far off last season, and I think they'll definitely be there, there or thereabouts this year. Well, and they get a lot of goodwill as well, Goa. Because they do a lot of the things right, and they give a lot of their youngsters chances, They it's probably everybody's second team. Like, you might support a BFC, or you might support some, you know, Kerala Blasters. They probably are second year. Nobody really hates Goa also. Kerala Blasters people don't, fans don't like BSC and vice versa. And, you know, the East Bengal, Mohan Bagan. But nobody really hates Goa, which I think they have very successfully done. And uh, good kudos to them. They have a couple of uh, messages, right? Oh, and yeah. Nemo's injury, I think he will come back uh, after a month or two. Uh, it's not that bad. And what about Brandon? Brand- Brandon's also injured, right? Ortiz is also sort of injured. Yes. <laughs> but they'll all be back, right? And uh, they will not miss Ishan or go. I don't think <laughs> they <laughs> But Iram Kramarera, uh, uh, Prad, you made a point of it. He comes comes on the back of a season where he just had six starts. Does that matter coming into the ISL or Juan Ferrando is not looking at those numbers as of now? You know, he played six games. It's a 20-game season over here. So, I don't think that's... Uh... <laughs> you know, too much of a, too much of a concern. I mean, it's uh, how many minutes they um, they play. I mean, look, a lot of these players are coming from European. They used to play, you know, being in season for ten months, playing. You've got plenty of competitive games over there, so I don't think that's that's a concern. A lot of the players who've come here and been successful. It's uh, if you look at their previous season, the numbers didn't match what they did here. So uh, you know, I wouldn't. There's no direct correlation to somebody who's done well the previous season and doing well in the ISL. I think it's how you adapt to Indian football and specifics of your team's football. I think that's that's key. And um, I think um, they've obviously, like I said, they, they would have done their homework and they know a player that can fit into the way they play. And I think that's that's going to be key to them. And I can, for me, I think the teams that rely on, all oh, right, we've got a striker who scores us 20 goals or a striker that scores us 10 goals, you're not necessarily win the league because... I think Diego Maurizio scored 10 or 12 goals for Odisha last year. They finished bottom. So mm-hmm. it's not just about, oh, you got a striker who can score this many goals. It's about how they fit into your system, whether they can help you put teams out of possession as well. And when they're not scoring, how they contribute overall to the team, both on and off the field as well. So they're not a troublemaker off it if they're not starting like certain other Brazilians that we know of 
in this league. So I think um, you know that's that's going to be crucial. Mumbai hates Goa. Yes, they're telling me. Correct. I forgot. Mumbai hates Goa. I stand corrected. Goa got the signing wrong. They didn't rate Angola as their player. He still finished top scorer. <laughs> so we'll have to see how what uh, Iram does actually. We'll wait and watch from a team that definitely has. people's goodwill to a team that i think should have enough goodwill because they finally ended up naming an indian head coach north east united fc khalid bhai is the head coach of this team guys first full season as the head coach prad how do you look at them i think they they start every year the same way um nobody would make north east united the favorites in any of the seasons where they've done well um both the season that they've done well is when they've had somebody who's got experience of indian football whether it's Elko was in new Indian football, knew the ins and outs of it and brought the best out of that team. And um, last year with Khalid, uh, coming in as an interim in the middle of the season is never easy. And then to to go on the run that he did was absolutely fantastic. But I think credit to Gerard as well, Gerard Nuss, who before him had made them a tough team to beat. They were, they knew how to get the best out of the personnel and the limited resources that they had. And again, they just had a few... Uh, you know guys who who could who were good players i mean like ashtosh is a good player and he just had probably his best for them um, i thought dylan fox um, and the uh, belgian center back were very very good um, at the back for them and you look how well deshon brown did after moving uh, from bengaluru to them so they they got some of their signings spot on in in that regard and they still have some very very good players like i think gaegos underrated for me he's probably one of the best creative players in the league and maybe if he was at one of the so-called so-called bigger clubs or the ones with the better uh, marketing departments and social media you know there'd be a lot more spoken about him because i think he's uh, um he's, he's he's fantastic in terms of what he can bring to the table and especially for the teams who don't necessarily have um that many goal goal scoring op- options i think he he gives them a lot more than a lot of other number 10s in the league. All right. And he so works they... hard too, right? For a number 10, he runs a lot defensively. Yes, Sandeep, uh, this is a team that finished, uh, reached the semi-finals, lost out on the penalties. What what should be their ambitions this time around? Shouldn't their ambition be to at least uh, match last year's uh, performance? I think that should, that's the way to go. Uh, they lost Apuya, who Kali uh, rated a lot. They, he they, he kept saying same rhythm, same intensity for 90 minutes, and he's not seen that a lot. That's what he, uh, he spoke about uh, when he said. That's what he said when he spoke about Apuya. Mm-hmm. So he's lost him. Can they find a replacement? Nintoy is another one who's gone. One of our uh, uh, listeners just commented. It's absolutely correct. He was very key for them, but they have Rajasella and also should be okay. And uh, Gallego, like I completely agree with Prad. I think he is one of the best foreign midfielders in the country, offensively and defensively. But uh, he's come back from a big injury last year. He had some niggles as well. So if they keep him fit, uh, he might be a major, major uh, difference. So I wanted to ask this to Prad actually. A couple of things about Kali Jamil being named as a coach. Uh, how does that, as a fellow Indian coach, how does that affect? the coaching sort of a structure in india in terms of uh, morale and things 
and also you had some titanic ping dongs with uh, Khalid <laughs> when he was in Mumbai and uh, Mumbai you were in Bangalore so is there any story that you can say about Khalid I mean everybody oh. loves him all his players love him absolutely love him well like to f- answer the first part of the question first i think um i think amongst coaching fraternity in indian football everyone's delighted that um he was rewarded with the with the job because of the way he performed last season and um thoroughly deserves it i mean if you look at his cv what he did with the um, what he did with mumbai obviously just to keep them up every single year is amazing and you could see the difference when he left and they got relegated um so that's for volumes and then to go and win with aizol where his entire team's budget was probably less than the defending champions foreigners like bengaluru's foreign players probably cost more than the entire um aizol team and you know he went on to to win the title and i think bengaluru finished fifth that season or fourth so he finished ahead of the likes of east bengal uh, mohan bagan bengaluru so that's you know very very impressive um, what he's achieved so you know he deserves that and i think it's a if he does well hopefully there'll be opportunities for more coaches to to stake a claim and say you know we should be given opportunities in in the league so and to get to your second question sandeep yeah like <laughs> from from my lajong days against him it was always always battles with khalid because of uh, you know just the way he had he used to set his teams up he was just very very difficult to beat i mean that's his first thing his teams were just very difficult to beat um and then more so if if they went a goal ahead i remember the first time we played them they in the league in the i league they went 1-0 up and the time wasting started in the first half of the whole you know he literally be shouting at his players like girja girja you know just stay down and you know hold on to a hamstring for and then this is in the first you know 35 minutes into the game and so you when you beat beat him in those games and you know without doing those kind of things it would give you that sort of you know it's almost it becomes personal on the sidelines and later obviously at bfc there was so many battles because we didn't we didn't beat him um we could we couldn't beat mumbai they were just the bogey team and uh, could beat everyone in the league but uh, even when they went down to 10 men so they would find a way not to lose and and more often than not not just not lose it actually take points off of you win uh win game so um his teams have always been known to be very very difficult to beat and i think they'll be exactly the same this year and one of the signings has probably gone under the radar a bit is Hernan Santana i think that's you get a player from a team that's won the league who can play in the back in the back four and can play in midfield for you i think that's a very 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 smart signing by the by Khalid and i think that's one that's going to um help them throughout the season i think they've got a couple of more astute indian signings as well i think the likes of um Danmoya you've got Gani Nigam there's a couple of young players who can um just surprise people especially the way they play they like to play play on the counter these are players that can suit that system and suit the way he plays and and i think from last year keeping Kasa Kamara keeping Gallego keeping Deshawn Brown um and like i said adding Hernan Santana that's you need four foreigners on the field and that's four very very good foreigners on the field already so the rest is just you know Kalid will find a way to to keep that team compact keep it very difficult to break down and um you know they'll be just because of that they'll just be a contender because they're going to be tough to break tough to beat 
they're not going to go around like winning five mil, six mils and playing, you know, that kind of thing. But they will be the team that everyone dreads to face. Well, there's something that Siju Matthew, friend of the pod, has to say. OG Mumbai team that BFC couldn't beat. Like, and all thanks to Khalid Bhai. Well, that is what he, he made that Mumbai team to be a team that was really difficult to break down and beat. Well, moving on, guys. Uh, what about that one Indian player that we should be could be key for Mumbai uh, for North Northeast United FC and a youngster that we should be looking forward to? I think I just mentioned um, Danmoya. I think the Danmoya that we saw playing in Mizoram and Dunmoy that we saw at East Bengal, just never got the opportunity at either but And maybe he'll feel a lot more settled um, under Khalid and he'll know how to get the, um, the best out of him. So I think he could be one that um, does well for them um, in, in those wide areas and how, he was, how he's used. Um, and I think um, young players-wise, I mean, this is from... Um, BFC, he he could be um, one that um, does well, Emmanuel. But I think it's and there's another striker that I think they picked up from the jersey that you're wearing, Sandeep Manvir, who used to play for um, Ozone. I think we've <laughs> seen him a couple of times uh, in um, in the um, what do you call it in the in the BDFA league where he's got that pace. Yeah. And if Khalid's team do sit back and try and hit teams on the counter-attack, I think that pace definitely um, will be will be quite an asset, um, can be an asset for them in terms of what he provides. So I think they've got a few few youngsters who could. Well, Brad, Shubham Naik, a listener, is also among, among those who are keenly looking forward to watch Manuel play, but unfortunately he's injured and out of the season, just 18 years of age. But... We can expect things from him in the coming years. Guys, moving on, the next team on our radar is uh, Odisha FC, a yeah, team that... Kalnan is Indian, it seems, because uh, because of the certain Hindi word, I guess, he used. <laughs> <laughs> That's a comment uh, that yep. asked you. Well, Odisha FC, guys, this time around, can things work differently for them or it will be, or will it be difficult? Brad? Well, I think... Can't go any worse than they did last year um, in terms of um, both where they finished and how they performed in, in all Thank the games. No relegation. Yes. Um, no, I think, but you've you got to look at it. See, certain teams, it's not just one season. Over the course of um, their existence in, in the league, I think they've got a high number of losses and they're not necessarily, you know, they, if you were to use those terms like relegation, they probably would be perennial favourites for that. In, in terms of the way they performed over the last couple of seasons, they're not they're not a top half of the table team. They've always been a bottom half of the table team. So it's again just similar to what we mentioned about Kerala. It's a big expectation to say, okay, this team's going to be in the playoffs. When it was eight teams in the Indian Super League, a team that finished bottom the next year could finish top four. Uh, it wasn't significant to you know expect that kind of a, uh, a shift. But as soon as it's eleven teams now and seasons are a little bit longer. If you were 11th last season and only won three games, um, trying to break into the top four is significantly different and you're going to have to make a lot of changes. And I think if you look at their squad, um, they haven't had much of a, a turnover of players. Not not a single player has probably left the club in terms mm-hmm. of everybody's still contracted for the club, Indian players. So the only differences they could make were in the foreigners. So 
it's a complete um, overhaul in terms of the foreigners that outgo all the foreigners from last season and income a whole new set as well as the coaching staff. So that's where the changes has to be made. You've basically got to squeeze out better performances from the same Indian players that performed last season. You've got to motivate them and get them to believe. So I think the start's going to be crucial for them. You know, last year, Stuart Baxter was unlucky in terms of how late they started. I think he had Cole Alexander was still in quarantine when the league started. Um, some of the other players had just arrived a, a week or two before, including the coaching staff. So they were always on on the back foot last year. And then this league is so so short and everything happened so quickly. If you start with a couple of bad losses, you're then trying to make adjustments to think, OK, is this the better player? Should I play him here? And before you know it, your season's over. So they've fixed that by starting earlier. They'll probably get at least six games in preseason. So you're a lot ahead of the curve than you were last year. So I think I've been reading a bit about what people have been saying online from based on their preseason performances. They narrowly lost to Kerala Blasters. They beat Chennai. They drew nil-nil with a team that beat them 6-0 last year, Mumbai. So people are a little bit optimistic of them and say, you know, a lot of people are picking them as a sort of, even ISL pick them as a dark horse for um, the top four this season. So I think they could be, they could surprise a few people if you if they underestimate well, uh, we spoke to the former owner, former owner, right? He's, he's no longer with uh, associate with the uh, Odisha FC team a while back during the offseason, right? Uh, Sandeep, and he, and he was very ambitious of the team and was looking forward to the news. And one thing that he always spoke highly about was the fact that the Indian players were happy to be with the team. And why is that the case? Like, the team is not doing well. You are rock bottom. But the players are still hanging around. Because they all get a chance, right? That whole team, I think the most uh, senior most player is Vinit Rai. Or one of the senior most is probably Vinit Rai in terms of Indian players. So, uh, yeah, they'll all get a chance. And we've seen Jerry and we've seen all of them perform over the years. Isaac is there now. Uh, Thoiba is someone who probably should uh, be successful there. And uh, Henry and Sahil uh, as uh, wing-backs and things. So, all of these youngsters are getting a chance. So, probably one of the reasons why youngsters like to stay over there is that they will get a chance to play. And if you notice that they all do get a chance to play as well. And now this year, uh, based on this question, uh, Raj, that he's put Nikhil Raj, I've seen him play for uh, kickstart in the local divisions and things. He's quite a decent player. I just want, I'm really looking forward to see how he will perform. He played a little bit in the I-League as well, in the curtailed version. So, um, we'll see how, how it goes. But generally, I would think only because, look, Jerry and all of these guys are sticking around because they all get a chance to play consistently, game in, game out. So, that's absolutely something that they're doing. And because you also think of that team as a team in, that's being built for three years. Like, uh, when uh, Joseph Gambao came, the first season, we thought, oh, okay, in two years' time, they should be doing well. And then he left for whatever reason. And because, obviously, there were other... Uh, Things and where he was going and things, but uh, he left. And then the new, the next time the coach came, didn't really work for him like Pat said. So they're resetting again. And they have a lot of youngsters. So if they kick on and they don't let the players go in the two three years, you might actually see them make a challenge for the title. This year, I think they are probably one of the teams that nobody's talking about and a little bit under the radar. They're not a bad team at all, especially in terms of Indian players. 
Well, I remember yeah. Sandeep saying this always. Like, Odisha has been built for for the future, and that's it. That's one of the reasons that when you don't talk about them, but that future never arrives because things keep changing yeah. so constantly with that team. That's, that's why I compl- I'll completely disagree on this part with uh, with uh, with you guys on that and Sandeep on because look, you you mentioned I think I mean earlier about well, players are happy and they you know even though the teams are winning, that's BS for me, right? Yep. It's the reason you're happy is because you've got a job. I mean, look, if, if any of us in our jobs performed where we were ranked the worst amongst our colleagues, you'd be worried that you wouldn't have a job the next season. Certainly wouldn't be getting a job the next season, right? right? But football world doesn't work like that. So these players performed poorly, yet they had contracts for the following season and probably in most cases probably got a pay rise. No wonder they're happy. We would all be happy if we could, if that was... If our KRAs at our jobs were, you can finish last, you can be the worst performer in your, you know, when you do a review at the end of the season, your review can be you were the poorest employee. But don't worry, you'll get a 10 to 20% pay rise. Of course, we'd all be smiling. And <laughs> that's, that's exactly why they're happy. So if, as you mentioned earlier, if there was relegation, look at abroad, if there's Things relegation, most again. people have relegation clause in their contract. So if you're yeah. on, you know, 20 lakhs a year and the team gets relegated, the next season you're probably down to five lakhs a year. Or certainly not getting 25 lakhs next season. So mm-hmm. that is a fundamental problem with some of these players at this club. So Sandeep mentioned, oh yeah, Vinitra has been there for this many years, or this player has been there. Of course you're going to stay there. If you're, if you're going to keep getting, irrespective of your performance, staying there, why wouldn't you stay? Whereas the rest of the clubs are constantly chopping and changing and looking to sort of improve their players. If you're at SE East Bengal this year, everyone's on a one-year contract. So you're busting a gut to perform really well and hope that that gets you a move to another club. Similarly at Northeast United, you don't have that job security. So I think that's absolutely crucial in a competitive sport where you have that incentive to perform and go on to do well. So I think that change is needed in this and many of the clubs and some of the other clubs. If you look at it, and it's not just like a dig at this, you know, this particular group of um, the clubs that haven't been successful over the years in the ISL, you can see this is probably a common theme where that's happened. And, you know, we, meant, we spoke about one of the other teams previously where this is, and that's the case. Whereas the teams that are successful, you know, it is, it's a competitive column that you're in. So I think you'll see a little bit of difference now because some of those players are coming to the end of their contract. And if they don't perform, you're not going to see many people knocking on the door saying, oh, they're going to sign this player off this club. So as much as you'll say, oh, this team is built for the future, there's a lot of players from the second division from the league. So why would a club, let's say, who wants to be competitive, why would a, one of the top teams, let's say an ATK Mumbagan or a Mumbai, why would they come and think, okay, let's pick up this player off of um, Odisha when we can go and pick up one of the top performers coming out of the I-League, like a Vidya Sagar or somebody right. somebody like that. So I think players have to suddenly wake up and realise that, you know, it, the season is short, so your chance to impress is very short as well. And if you're not playing or you're playing for a team that's consistently not performing over the next couple of years, you're going to be in serious jeopardy of dropping down either the pecking order in terms of what players want and especially in terms of what clubs are available for you the next season. 
Well, one player who's been with them for quite some time is Daniel Lalampuya, and this is what uh, Roshan wanted to know from from you, Brad. Uh, how do you rate Daniel Lalampuya's chances of playing alongside foreign strikers? In the past, he's got enough opportunities. It's not the lack of opportunities in the, in this man's case, right? See, so, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Daniel because of the BFC connection. We signed him when we were there and had a lot of hope uh, for him. I think, unfortunately, with Daniel, is he's you can't call him a number nine. He's not really an ideal number 10. So he's, he all ends up becoming this nine and a half. So he's neither here nor there. Um, the lack of pace prevents him from playing as an out-and-out nine in certain games. But he does all the other things very well. I mean, he holds up possession. Um, and then if you watch him in training, he scores goals, which you'll think, wow, this kid's, you know, you've got to play him more and you've got to give him more options. And he do it. And unfortunately, whether it's a Chennai and um, Chennai's, everywhere he's been, it's just not clicked for him. There's moments where he almost scored, I think, for Delhi Dynamos a few years, almost scored the goal of the season where I think he chopped like, Zlatan Sal, three or four players in the box, one way or the other, and then the tame finish at the end just didn't, he didn't score. And he probably needs that one goal early on in the season to give him that confidence. And I think then he, he can go on to be a good impact player. I think he can, he's not going to be somebody you're going to start and play week in, week out, especially when they've got the likes of a Jonathan in the team. But he's got to then learn to adjust his game to can I come off the bench and make an impact? Um, he's got all the skills in terms of ability. He's got all the tools in the box. So. All right. Well, Sandeep, just a clarification for you. It was yes, not uh, <laughs> Raj, the player that Ashi was talking about, but uh, the man who's taken over as the CEO of the club now, Raj Atwal, if I'm not wrong. Yes. But uh, I saw what I wanted to see, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, before we move on to the next two, uh, next team in the ISL, two more to go. An Indian player that could be key for them this time around if they are to push about, punch above the weight? I think Sandeep mentioned about Toiba. I think um, he got injured in the very, very first game of the season last year and wasn't available toward, until the end of the season. And I think that probably was a huge loss for them because he's... Um, He's someone who's probably almost certainly going to start for them, or sorry, be in the starting a squad for them because he's he ticks that sort of developmental player box. Um, he's under 21 and um, and he merits the place on his ability alone. So I think he could be um, a very, very important player for them. And But also he's got stiff competition from Paul, who towards the end of the season was doing very well. Um, and Paul will probably want to have an Apuya kind of season now. Um, pick on from there. So I think those two in the field are going to be crucial. I think there's an Indian place to look out for from that team. All right. From a team that has had a poor run in the ISL to a team that really put a smile on our faces last season. Manolo Marcus's Hyderabad FC, a team that I thoroughly enjoyed watching them this time around. Manolo Magic at Hyderabad. Brad, how do you see them? There's Edu Gassi who's come in, Bath Ogbeche who's come in, then Wanan in the defence. Stronger and stronger and stronger, isn't it? I think they've been... Super, super impressive with their with their foreign signings. It's um, look when you're looking at foreign players, CVs, past performances in the in in other leagues, etc. There's you know you can look at all that, but I think because it's a pandemic season, we're in a bio bubble again. I think they've been very clever in thinking. Let's go for players who've experienced it. They're not going to come here and have struggle with staying in a in a bio bubble for six, five to six months. Um, players are not going to have trouble adjusting to India. So. You've got one on who's got bags of bags of experience. Good signing there. You've got Bartok Beche, who's 
you know, top scorer, all-time top scorer at Northeast United already and at Kerala Blasters. I think he holds the record. So, top scorer in both those clubs. And you won't put it past him, obviously, by the end of the season to say he's a top, all-time top scorer for Hyderabad as well. Um, granted, short, you know, uh, history and all these things, but he brings a lot more than, obviously, just those goals. His leadership, everyone you speak to, the leadership qualities, the way he performs and everything. I think he's... Um, He's just a good guy to have in the club. And another one is um, Edu Garcia. That's just a player who, you know, you're chasing a game towards the end of a game, you need a goal. He's the kind of player that can produce those moments that you need um, in the team. So I think those three signings have been really, um, really smart ones for them. And the two, uh, and their Asian player is probably one of the in the league. I think Joel Keeney is he surprised a lot of us um, last season how consistent he was then as soon as the league finished he went back to Australia and he was banging in goals over there as well and I think that continuity will definitely help them um, and Jao Victor in the midfield as well and the, the other signing that they've got is a youngster who's um, who's also meant to be highly rated so I think their foreigners are probably one of the best um, in, in the league I would, I would say so I think that's what makes them a threat in addition to obviously we saw what the, all the Indian players did last year. And that's, you know, they're consistent. They haven't lost any of their, with the exception of Liston, they haven't really lost any of their good Indian youngsters who broke through last season. And um, I think it's good business for them in terms of what they did with Liston. They made a profit on it. Um, and, you know, and they've, they've looked to strengthen in areas where they were weak. Possibly say goalkeeping is an area where they're not, they're not as strong as some of the other teams, but the rest of the, the rest of the team looks pretty solid. Well, Biryani or not, I'm a Hyderabad fan. You know why. Well, uh, Sandeep, Manola Marquez is someone that you spoke, you have spoken highly about in the past and you also had an opportunity to chat with him at the end of the last season. Second year in the ISL, what do you expect from him? I think uh, same only because I really enjoyed uh, the podcast we did with him. Uh, he seemed to have really helped the youngsters up, uh, up and coming. And there was a story that he said about uh, the time when he took the blame on himself. For a result, right? He said, I should be sacked. Because he saw on the players' faces that they were not at the right, you know, mental state for him to say anything. So, he took all the pressure on himself and deflected everything away from them. So, these are the things that you pick up from a coach who's who knows the psychology, right? I'm not saying others don't do that. I'm, I'm just saying that uh, he did it because he told me this is the reason why. And uh, he did a fantastic job in terms of uh, building up the players also. You see Yasir shooting from everywhere. Because they gave him the license to shoot. Uh, suddenly, Hitesh Sharma was a player. Uh, all the two wingbacks, Akash Mishra and Ashish Rai, both of them had a great season. Liston managed very well how he broke through. Because there was a lot of hype about him. Kept him away for the longest time. Re- sort of revitalized England Sana's career as well. So, now if you look at the back four, all, all of them can pass very well. All of them can pass very well. And uh, they probably have the two Indian First, probably should be the first choice uh, wing backs or left back and right back. So they have all these things. Uh, only question I wanted to put to uh, Brad is this: <coughs> Santana was sorry, uh, yeah, Aridane Santana was such a major uh, force in the way they played because he sort of held the ball and brought players in. Ogpeche probably not that kind of player. So how do you think they'll they'll have to change their style a little little bit, right, to cater to the way Ogpeche plays? Nah, look, I think again, it was Ari, you know, Aridane gets a lot of 
plaudits because, you know, it looked like, you know, he's geeing up the players, being that kind of leader. But the fact is, you know, the harsh facts, they didn't make the playoffs. And with a striker like him, you're not going to make the playoffs because he's not consistent over the course of the season. You know, he has flashes of brilliance. He brings others into play, but doesn't do his job, which is carry his team across the line. Towards the end of the season, whether it's niggles, injuries, fitness, whatever, he just, it was exactly the same for Odisha. When he came into Indian football, impressed at Odisha, and then towards the end, fizzled out. You know, you're fizzling out in a 20-game season. Didn't get them across the line. I think he got injured towards the end of Odisha as well. And the goals dried up. It was exactly the same case in, um, in Hyderabad last year. Whereas if you look at Ogbeche, he's got his team across the line at Northeast. He did it. He went a step further with Mumbai. Um, you know, obviously at Kerala Blasters, it was an uphill task. But even they, almost single-handedly, was getting them across the line in games. So um, you've got a player like that. I think he, he brings a lot more to the table. And um, he'll win new games with his brilliance and his work rate as well. I think off the ball, he gives them a lot more um, in terms of quality, in terms of possession. And not just a sort of an aerial outlet, which um, at times, Aridan, that's what he was. He was just a, you know, you could play into him, he'd hold it up and he'd bring the wingers into it, which was good. I mean, you've got the likes of Liszt and Yasser around him. He brings brings other players into the game. But look, your job when you paid big bucks as a striker is to put the ball in the back of the net. And, and in this kind of a competition where there's a playoff, your job is to get your team across the line. And See, I think this is, this an, is the difference. I think that's a, <laughs> <it's> an upgrade. <laughs> No, this is, this is exactly why. I was last time after we watched the I League two game, right? You and I, you were in the stadium, yep. and I was. I came to the pod and I was telling them like I felt like a Neanderthal listening to <laughs> the game. So yeah. Well, there, there are a few questions that the listeners have uh, pushed uh, asked us. Uh, first up, Brad, if you can answer this one, anything about the winger that Goa they have brought, they have brought from Goa. Um, I haven't seen much, but obviously these, um, I think uh, Sujay, who's at Hyderabad, would have seen some of these players when he was at um, FC Goa. So he'll he'll know a lot more uh, of these players. And and again, they they used uh, their youngsters in the Durand Cup. So I think they've they've started things well. And um, they'll the fact that they give youngsters an opportunity. I mean, I think you'll see a lot more of um, Rohit Danu this season. They've got kids like. Um, Nikhil Prabhu, who um, have come through the youth system at FC Pune. And um, they've got a couple of decent youngsters who, just like last year, how Mishra was a surprise package, how people were surprised of the, how Ashish Rai had improved and um, how Yasir had improved, Liston had improved. I think they've got the set up to improve young players. So a lot of young players would probably want to go to a club like um, Hyderabad, play under Manola Marquez. And... Um, and improve because I've got freedom to perform over there and less expectation, less pressure. Um, right. But this year, I mean, there, there will be a lot of expectation on them. Last year, I think everyone wrote them off and that's why they managed to go from the team that finished bottom to a team that, team that almost made it. Mm-hmm. Um, so now the expectation is, I think, if, if they don't make the playoffs this year, people will consider it a failure with that squad. All right. What about the second bit of this question? What kind of player is Ravi? Uh, like I said, I haven't... Um, seen much of him but I look at just above that like um, Orko's comment about Oday um, and whether they'll miss him because of the partnership with Sana I think it'll actually benefit Sana in a way not having Oday because I think because of Oday Oday played on the right Sana had to play on the left of the defence and he's not naturally left-footed but he did very well I think with Wanan coming in 
one on a slot into the left center back position and um, Sana can play um, on the right. And I think that'll actually help Sana as well. It should actually make him a better player and um, make him more comfortable that way because he'll be playing on a side where he's more comfortable on the ball. Um, so I think they'll actually be a little bit stronger that way defensively at the back. The only, like I said, the only concern I think is um, is that sort of goalkeeping position where I think they're a little right. bit mm, suspect. All right. Well, before we move on to the last team that we have to discuss on this uh, show, one player who could be key for them, an Indian player, Brad, who could be key for Hyderabad's fortune this time around in the ISL. I think, see, oh, the Indian players, I think you, you keep looking to see how much a player improves because otherwise it just becomes, we've seen it so many times where a player has one good season, it's a flash in the pan, we, we hype them up and then the next thing they fall flat. So you want to see consistency. So you want to see Mishra and Rai match what they did last season, slightly upon it. Similarly, mm-hmm. the same with Sana. So amongst the back three. And then you move into the midfield. You're looking now, if they play with one foreign centre-back, they're going to play with maybe two foreigners in the midfield and Bato Becha up front or Joel up front. So you're looking at to see where um, which player is going to perform in that position. So I think the likes of Yasir are going to be absolutely um, key for them this season. I think he's going to have a big season um, because he might be tasked to playing more centrally rather than out wide. So I think he's going to be a, a big, big uh, impact player for them this season. Well, anyone who could be the next Mishra I, player, I, I, a youngster who could come out from Hyderabad. I sort of wanted to ask prior to the question. Yeah, so it's just um, now with one less foreigner, right? You need to have more Indian players playing really well. And yeah. a lot of the youngsters, we have seen Manolo, the original Manolo and the second Roka, who do really, really well uh, in that sense. So do you think... Uh, Having seven Indians will actually benefit them because he is able to sort of get the best out of youngsters uh, from the evidence that we've seen. Well, I think I mean, I mean, I think to answer both the things, one, they got the right Roka because they got somebody who can work well with the Indian player. Like, look, Roka struggled in the I League with that. They finished fourth yeah, that yeah. season, BFC. Um, yeah. So, look, anybody can win it when you spend the most and you get all the best players, the, the Mikus and this and that to the world, but can you actually coach and improve the Indian players that you've had? And that's what I think Manolo proved that, proved that last season, that he can actually coach and improve players. It's not just buy your way to the title, it's coach your way to the, title, coach your way to the top of the table. Um, so I think that's what makes them probably one of the sort of favourites, is that they've got a coach who can get the best out of them in the league. I think the foreigners are better than they were last year. And Indians, pretty much you could say... You know, um, they've got, you know, they might have lost list, um, Liston, but I think they've got enough cover in their squad to to make up for that. And I think that's why you can't, you can't really say there's too many chinks in that team at the moment, because even if one or two players get injured, they've got players who can replace them. They've done well with their um, Indian player recruitment as well. So I think maybe you could probably say that, you know, the key to it is it. If they get injuries in the wrong position, like if, if Chenglin Sana gets injured, then it could be a problem for them um, because they don't have necessarily cover in that position. Um, and they've only got one foreign centre-back, I think, um, in one hand. So that's probably where you'd say the only weaknesses. But, you know, last year, I think Zhao played, dropped in and played centre-back in one of the games. So they're, they're pretty pretty solid. And 
I think maybe if you can ask me to name a youngster, I'd probably say Nikhil Prabhu could be the one, the next one that breaks through at their club. Mm-hmm. All right, you've answered my question there, so I need not ask you that again. <laughs> Moving on, the last team that we need to discuss on this show, Jamshedpur FC. Brad, what can we expect from them? A top four at least this time around? I would. I don't know if a lot of people have them, but from what I've seen in preseason and the way they've gone about, where Owen Coyle's quietly gone about his business of getting this team together, I would make them. I, I'd put them in my top four at this moment, All right. um, just because I think uh, Coyle knows the league quite well. He's been here a couple of seasons now. Realized what the um, weaknesses were last season, um, and they've, they've definitely gone and strengthened in 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 that respect. Um, if you look at the firepower that he's brought to the team, you've got Valskis, who's top scorer in the league. You've gone and added to that. Um, Stewart, you've gone and um, got players in, in positions where, you know, in this league, if you can get guys who can score goals, you can um, you can challenge challenge for the title. Um, last season, I think defensively, Peter Hartley was brilliant. He was just Mr. Consistent at the back. But just in terms of when, when you watch the game live, you just felt... He, what, the pairing wasn't ideal for him um, with the uh, with Easy, the Nigerian defender alongside him. It just didn't didn't make them as compact and as good as a unit. Although you know they still did pretty. He, he was a threat from set pieces. So I think with having Eli Sabia next to him, and I think the wing backs are two of the full backs in the league that don't get enough credit. Um, so I think. Um, Ricky, Ricky's just, you know, Ricky will give you seven, seven and a half out of ten every single game. He'll never be get great numbers in terms of assists and that, but he doesn't make too many mistakes. And Diliana, similar to that. They're just two good Mizo winners who give you consistency week in, week out. Um, and the only sort of weakness you could say probably again is, is just the goalkeeping department at the back over there. They're not, you know, they haven't gone out. You wouldn't put their keepers in the sort of, if you're picking your top five, top six keepers in the league right. possibly they wouldn't break in and can that be the difference sometimes in making the top four or not um, but the rest of the team I think they're smart signings um, Len came in last season I think in a, in a transfer uh, he's done well in preseason. he'll work his socks off as usual I think Boris is doing very well in preseason, and um, the rest of the team I think it, the balance is pretty good I mean he can go with just probably you know, two foreign centre-backs and two, maybe one in midfield with the, the Brazilian Lima. And then he's got a plethora of options up front of what he can do to, to get goals. Um, and Jordan Murray's definitely suits yeah. the style of play, the way they play. And if he's going to play two strikers, he's got, I think, three good strikers over there. He can play, he can definitely play with two of them. So it suits the way I think they want to play. Sandeep, what about you? There have been a lot of movements with respect to Jamshedpur, people coming in, people going out. How do you see this team perform this time around? I mean, pretty similar. I mean, I, I I didn't have them in the top four. I didn't really look uh, that deep into it. But again, the only the couple of points that I had written down was obviously the goalkeeping department. This Rajneesh Pawan Kumar and Vishal Yadav. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of them are uh, inconsistent in the best of times. Rajneesh last year had a uh, sort of a great season. Can he then step up like great season in patches? Let's say. And he uh, step up and uh, continue to improve. We have to look into that. Um, not too sure. There is no previous evidence to suggest that he will. So that could be a problem there because you might concede. And after Elisabi and Hartley, I think they have Narendra Gehlot and Anas and all in the center yep. center center defensive role. Anas, I think, uh, is way beyond his 
prime. So probably there as sort of a elder statesman sort of a thing. If that's the case, then fair enough. Uh, Narendra Gelot is he's played for the national team as well, so he is someone that uh, probably can sort of improve. Because last year I remember one of the games when the foreigner centre back was taken off and he came in, they actually sort of improved one game. I don't remember which game it was. I just have a vague memory. And uh, yeah, and the striking department is great. They have a striker Stuart who is sort of played in the Scottish league and you know has been in high level. So he's going to score goals. But uh, we have to see about that. If someone asked about Deshan Pandita. Uh, honestly, I don't think he will get much of a chance to play because they have three, basically three strikers, and Mare, who is sort of a wide player as well, who can play out wide as well. And Deshan Pandita cannot play out wide. From anything that we have seen, he's not that guy. He's more of a fox in the box striker. He's a good finisher, but again, in if you watch the FC Goa games and the India games where he played. And beyond finishing, there is very little that he offers. That's at, at least a, a opinion of mine. Uh, like we can uh, reach out to Pratt and ask for more details. But for me, if you give him the chance in the box, he might convert, which essentially is one way to play, right? You give him the chance and the two, three chances he got, he scored those goals, uh, which actually gave Goa points. Like it's not, it's a game changing goals that he scored. Right. He's got a lot of credit for that, but. Does he play ahead of two foreign strikers, one who has been in the Scottish League, another one who has been the top scorer, and an Australian winger who is going to run around all day and has possibly got a better technique and tactical understanding? I doubt it. And even Farooq, for that matter, he will do his job. Like Farooq gets a lot of, obviously, Farooq. with injuries and things, but. Whenever he comes back. Yeah, I don't I think. think out. I think he's out for the season. So. He's gone, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The season is only five, five months, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you're yeah. not coming back from an ACL and starting and everything like that. <laughs> not as big this time round. Not this time round. Yeah. But so, what do you think, uh, Ishan? There's so many people asking about Ishan. I honestly don't think he'll uh, get much okay. playing if, time. If, if there was something to mention, we would have mentioned it. Uh, I think people <laughs> will start. People will start. I probably... Look, Balskis was top scorer in the league. Um, yep. He's scoring in pre-season. So, he's obviously part of the coach's plans. He's going to play. Um, you don't sign a Greg Stewart and not have him as part of your plans. I'm sure he'll be part of it. And I think Murray was signed partly on the basis of what he did against them last season and in those games and also what he did across the, the league. He was one of the bright sparks for Kerala Blasters last year. Right. So, and as some people are saying, work rate. It's it's not just what you do. The, the numbers are there for the goals and assists. But it's also what you do when you don't have the ball. And look, football, 95% of the time, you won't have the ball or more than that. And especially as a striker, you won't have the ball at your feet. So it's what you can bring to the team when you don't have the ball. Um, and I think that's where the other three that we've mentioned can offer a lot more. And even Lendung, Lens, Lens also on number nine, scored a lot more goals than um, you know Ishan has in, in the Indian Super League. And he's versatile. He can, you can put him out left, you can put him out right. You can play him centrally if you want as well. So he'll, um, he'll also be knocked on the door. And I think his his tenacity and what he offers when the team doesn't have the ball is why he'll probably get more minutes than probably somebody like Ishan. Right. Well, uh, but they spent a lot of money on him, right? Some 90 lakhs or some, something like that, I think is the number. Which which is the one signing which I didn't understand. I mean, if I if I was Goa, I would take that money just like they did. Please uh, give the money. But uh, <laughs> with these many foreign strikers and attacking options, to have a player who's going to be just a striker... Like Len, like you mentioned, we've seen him since the BFC days. He scored a hat-trick for Northeast, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yes. None of the game. He has that in him and he runs around absolutely 90 minutes all over the place. He's very strong. People don't give him credit for how strong he is. Right. So, I, don't, I just didn't understand that side. Especially, I mean, it didn't make sense at the time, especially when this was obviously prior to them having knowledge that Farouk is going to get injured. But I think, look, teams want cover. If you want to, if you choose to play with two foreign centre-backs, which they have, and you play with Lima in midfield, and you want to opt with uh, one of your foreign strikers and not both, because you can't, you can't play five foreigners. So then you need another striker to play alongside him. See, maybe, look, Owen Coyle's a very experienced um, manager and uh, played as a striker himself. So maybe he feels that somebody like Ishan or Len could benefit from playing alongside a Stewart or a Valskis. Maybe these strikers will benefit from playing in a two-striker system than as a lone striker. And, um, or maybe he might say, if we're playing with a lone striker, Valskis suits it if we're playing with two up front and I need foreigner who can combine with an Indian. And so that's the logic behind why they've signed that. So look, then in, in the beginning of the season here, now we can all be pretending to be experts and say, this is going to work, that won't work. The, the truth is at the end of the season, look, if if Ishanita doesn't score as many goals as he did last season, but JFC make the playoffs, it was the right decision, irrespective. Right? Um, so that's how teams are judged in this league, not necessarily on just um, individual individual honours. Um, so I think the most important thing is where the team finishes at the end of the season. So I think getting that balance right, and that's the, the word I keep coming back to is balance. And this year, that the teams that have the right balance over the season will be the ones that do well. Absolutely, Brad. They flip this uh, when Vishan Pandita finishes as a top scorer, Indian top scorer. They flip this in. Well, <laughs> look, as I said, if he finishes a top scorer, but JFC don't make the playoffs. Doesn't matter. That, it, was that money well spent then? Is the question. It's a tough question. <laughs> I keep it back because I keep going back yeah, to. From a club's point of view, yeah, top four is. Well, I, I, but I'll pose this question to you. Diego Mauricio scored, what was it, more than 10, 10 plus goals last season? Right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. How, many clubs have, how many clubs went in and tried to sign him? It's a good point, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Because the fact is, you scored, but your team finished last. So teams are looking at, the people when they're recruiting, they're not looking at just, all right, you put the ball in the back of the net. They're looking at your overall contribution as a player. And right. it's not the first time that that's happened where people have, you know, whether it's people who've been successful in terms of just pure numbers, whether it's a Messi, Bullies, or, um, mm-hmm. you know, I can list, list a few other names or that, but I'm not going to mention individual names, but where clubs have done their homework and said, maybe, you know, overall contribution isn't enough because it's not just a game. It's not just, okay, this many starts, this many goals, or this many minutes, this many goals. It's it's overall contribution. So. Right. Right, guys, before we wrap up this episode, the question that I've been asking you throughout the episode, a, a player who could be end in player who could be key for Jamshedpur FC this time, not Brad. I have to be uh, one of the um, youngsters, probably. And I think just based on... Not just saying that because he scored a, a brace the other day against Kerala Blasters, but Boris, I think, um, could be could be someone that does well for them, um, and he might be one that sort of breaks through the season. Or um, Komal Tuttle as well, been very quiet the last couple of seasons. Obviously, has a lot to offer, and one of these two players really might have to be the one that step up in terms of young players. Do you want to name a young player out of that team? All right, all right, all right. 
But one last bit, both of y'all, I just give you an opportunity to choose your top four for the season at the end of this 2021-22 season of the Indian Super League. What would your top four be? You can go first, Andy. <laughs> I would go with Mumbai, Goa, Hyderabad, and I want to say Mohan Bhadan, but I sort of want to say Jamshedpur just to sort of change the whole thing. The dynamics? I think Bhadan will be there, right. but these are the ones that I want to be in the top four. Let's go with that. What about you, Brian? So I think if you look at the league every year, I mean, normally there's not significant change from the previous season's top four. So, the, you know, two years ago it was Mumbai, Bengaluru, F, um, FC Goa and uh, ATK Mohan Bagan. The only change last year was Northeast bumped BFC out of the top four. So I'm not sure if there'll be significant um changes amongst that top four. I think FC Goa and ATK Mohan Bagan are probably almost shoo-ins for that top four position. But I think two teams might get bumped out this season and, and two new teams might come in. Um, I think Jamshedpur and Hyderabad FC are definite um, contenders for it. So can't rightly write off Mumbai, but I think amongst those three, two will make it. So all right, all right. that would be my top four. So I think so you, I'm not, the, I, your character, the one that falls for you is Mumbai. One that falls for me is ATK, I think. Yes. ATK Mumbai, yes. Yeah. But don't, so, I mean, Mumbai has, uh, do you think it's a distraction to have in Champions League at the end of the season? That they might sort of look into that? So I think it, the start of the season is the key. Because if you start well in this league, you're pretty much then just riding, riding along those results. Um through to the second half of the season. So I don't think that really kicks in as a distraction um, at that point. It didn't really d- distract away from um, FC Goa last season. Um, so I think it's all about how, how well you start the season. If you if you start well, um, you can see the teams that performed towards the, the back end of the season last year, whether it's the Odishas, the East Bengals, um, the Kerala Blast, they all had poor starts to the season and they just couldn't get going. And... Once you've just got a few wins and they build confidence, helps. Northeast managed to sneak into the playoffs based on the fact that they were unbeaten. I think for the first large chunk of the first part of the season. So I think that's the start's going to be very, very crucial in this league, especially when it's only twenty games. So you get off to a good start by Christmas. There's no, I don't think there's a break now because the national team games have been to June, haven't they? Right. So there's no January break. So there's no. You don't get much time to regroup. Pardon? No international window this time around. Yeah, so I think there isn't that chance to sort of, okay, we'll get fresh players and in January we get another sort of right. chance to work with the team, change a little bit. It's just, then it's pretty much every four days you're playing the game. Uh, your bulk of your work has to be done in preseason. Well, 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 guys, that I think that sums up this episode of Injury Time. We are well over time, we are well over full time, extra time. Uh, the time allotted for penalties and everything and everything that has to that entails football now we were well over well over time but it was great Before, uh, uh, I just want to ask about this that uh, but the double headers what do you think of that uh, there's a question from Ashu I just saw it and I was like okay I mean 
it's going to be later kickoffs now. Last year was I think five thirty, seven thirty kickoffs when it was double headers, yeah. and this year it's seven yeah. and nine thirty kickoffs. Um, so I feel for the for the team that's playing second because you probably by the time you get back to your hotels and uh, and etc., it's pretty late days, and um, it can affect obviously the rest of your week if you've got other games coming up because. Let's think whether I don't know from a fan's perspective whether people prefer that or not. I'm not sure. Does it? Um, we'll have to wait and see because I think is at the time when a lot of the because obviously the double headers on a Sunday. Um, right. Isn't there a lot of? I mean, maybe I, I don't know. I don't watch much of European football, but typically they are late night on the weekends, aren't they? Um, so and the other thing is, and as a journalist, it's just terrible that you have to. No, your deadlines, right? Deadlines are right there. I mean, you would miss the first early edition for sure. If you do a double header, right. that nine thirty kickoff, ten thirty, eleven is generally when that is. I thought the you guys don't go to print anymore. It's all online now, so or there's still deadlines there. Yeah, there's deadlines everywhere. So the main edition, you'll be touch and go. So, I see. For the problem for, for if you ask me personally, the problem for me is like nine thirty kickoffs. It's almost past my bedtime, so you know. <laughs> Second half is going to be a, second half is going to be a struggle for me. I'm uh, early to bed, early to rise, guys. So I'm, I, I hope I don't get. I hope I don't get. Ch- <laughs> yeah, I hope I don't get. Maybe I should request don't roster me for the second for the second game of a double header because I'll have to have a lot of coffee or something. Well, guys, well, this was, this was great fun, great lot of insights. Yes, like Siju just mentioned, nightmare for Indian. Indian football journalist, <laughs> late night kickoff. Sandeep, all the best for that. This what it is. Nothing I can do. Well, before we go, ju- just a small reminder, guys. You can always follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We are uh, we go by the name Injury Time India. And to carry on this conversation throughout the season, you can join us there because we got nothing better better, better things to do. We just chat, chatting and Pradeepas. Yeah, Pratim has agreed that he'll be tweeting. So we 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 want to know what he has to say this time. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pratim, thanks a lot uh, for sparing some time with us. It was great fun having you on the show. Third time this time round. Hope this continues. No, an absolute pleasure, guys. Thank you. It was my uh, the highlight of my day. I'm in quarantine for the next uh, <laughs> for five more days, so I'm more than happy to uh, spend at least at least two hours. That's probably why I prolonged it for so long. It was like, it gives me two hours or something to do (laughs) during these lockdowns. So I'll probably get Siju calling me up next tomorrow in the next few days to say, let's do another podcast um, so that at least I've got something to do during, um, during the quarantine rather than just homework on, on the teams. Well, Siju, I hope you got that. You need to call him (laughs) because he's free. Well, Sandeep, thanks a lot for joining in from Bangalore, which seems to be pretty chilly now. (laughs) It's very cold, man. I'm wearing chapels in the house and all <laughs> which, I hate, which I hate. I don't like it. Please, you know where it's really I, I don't like it at all. It's just strange for me to add apples in the house. But you have to do it now. And guys, thanks a lot for joining in. Everyone who's been been throughout this episode right from the beginning till now. Guys like Roshan, Ashu, Siju, who who's also with us till now, I suppose. Thanks a lot for joining in. And you can catch this episode on on all the leading podcast platforms once it's out. Well, thanks a lot for joining in and until we bring you the next episode of Injury Time, have a great day and enjoy the game. 